My agent called, he said he got some interest in my strip I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. And joining me as podcast producer is the original producer of On the Page. Joining me for episode number 250, Matt Belknap. Hello, Matt. Hi. Hi. How's well, it going? Good. I mean, it makes sense if it's episode number 250 that you would be here. I didn't know it was 250. I know. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, I haven't been keeping track of the numbers. Me neither, but I kind of looked at it and went, oh, <laughs> how about that? Now it's it's a very special episode. Thank you. It's a big milestone. Do you remember way back five years ago almost? Remember? <sighs> yeah. It's just kind of exactly like it is right now. <laughs> I have, it is. <laughs> like right down to changed. me not knowing if I was on mic or not. Cause right. I, somehow I came in. And one of your guests said, uh, oh, to me, are, you're on mic. And I looked at you like, eh? Yeah. <laughs> which and is, I was like, just what happened on that first day. That's right. It happened. I, I literally didn't know you expected me to talk uh, until we started recording. I make this up as I go along. <laughs> I think everybody yeah. has figured that out. And congratulations on your new baby. Thank you. Charlie. Charlie, yeah. How old is Charlie now? He is six weeks old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's so cute, too. He oh, is, yeah. I've just seen pictures. He's a little Because, you know, I'm not allowed to actually hold a child, but <laughs> so cute. The state was very clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep my distance. I, I have the piece of paper. Yeah. Also, also joining us is the Alec Baldwin of On the Page. Hello, Hello Alex Kramer. Hey, nice how to are you see doing? you. Good to see you. Um, so, this is number four for you. It is. Okay. You're almost caught up to the Christmas guys. That, they're in my sights. And the Oscar dudes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe Tammy and Joe. Yeah. Maybe. But. We need more. All right. We need more. So well, you're they, they can hear those footsteps. I'm creeping okay. up. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome back. It's good to be back. And also, we have as a guest on the show reading today. He is our guest reader, the silky voiced Mike Siegel. Hello, Se- silky voiced Mike Siegel. No, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Siegel. Let me clear my silky voice. <laughs> Hello, Pilar. Hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. We're, we're doing the, um, as, as threatened, we are doing the scene direction contest. People submitted pieces of scene direction, not knowing what the prize would even be. <laughs> and, um, and we're reading them, and we're going to decide which one we'd like the best. So I asked Mike to come in and be the reader. He's got a great voice. This is oh, a totally stop. cold read on Mike's part and actually on all of our parts, because these guys can attest to the fact that I was printing these up, and I haven't even looked at them, which, <laughs> much like when I read a script. You should mention, if, if any of your listeners are avid HGTV watchers, they will recognize this voice. <laughs> Absolutely. From, uh, if walls what you could get talk. for the money, Absolute. and if walls could talk. Yeah. Oh, I love those shows. And TBS Movie Extra. You know, right, right. Yeah, you're you're like you're you're the guy. Am I? Do I have to pay you like after? Oh yeah, stuff? really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay, this all right. Is you're on the clock. The oh jeez. <laughs> There's no free There's, ride. No, no free rides. Meal penalties. Lord. And also, you've got a travel podcast. I do. TravelTalesPodcast.com. And because you travel all over the uh, world, I do. And uh, I got to see you. 
In Vietnam. In Vietnam. That's I hung right. out with you and your mother? Yes. In Vietnam? Yes. Unfortunately, you hung out way more with my mother oh, than I hung lovely, out with Oh, she's a lovely, lovely woman. <laughs> we had a wonderful time. She has a full-blown crush on my seagull. <laughs> but then again, who would? Oh, come on now. <laughs> she says, hello. <laughs> so we are going to just, we, we have a limited time. I promised these guys that they would get out of here. We have something <laughs> like 30 submissions. So apologies in advance. We are going to whip through them, you guys. Um, and I want to thank everybody who contributed. We're going to start with Andy Nelson um, from uh, Arizona. Um, and it looks like in Surprise, Arizona. Hmm. Hi, Andy. What? See, <laughs> that was my surprise. <laughs> and I met Andy. He's a great guy. He also teaches at Scottsdale Community College. And we're going to start with his piece of scene direction. Go for it. Interior, Asmundson's Basement, Day. The rumble of the opening garage door shakes the room. Panic. The kid's worst fears realized. Dave grabs a fur. Evidence. Shuts the crate. They charge up the stairs. Too late. They hear the house door creak open. They tiptoe into the basement again and look around. Cornered. Dave spots the window well. He waves the others over and tries sliding the window open. It doesn't budge. Very nice. Very nice. I really love uh, Dave grabs a fur. Evidence. It's okay to do a little cheating like that every once in a while. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and it just—it also had sort of an emotional feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, oh, how you feel when you when you see evidence. What do you guys think? Um, I like it a lot. I like like uh, you know, you don't have to use complete sentences. Just saying, panic conveys the emotion. Like all, all you're trying to do with description is kind of evoke a feeling and make clear what's happening. So it's okay to use uh, you know, stilted sentences or just. As few words as possible. The one little criticism I might have is the very first sentence, the rumble of the opening garage door shakes the room. Mm. That's, I think, a longer sentence than it needs to be. Because the thing is, if people know if a garage door opens, it's rumbling. You know, they already have kind of that feeling, I think. So I think you could probably shorten that down. Wow, you're like like a one-word kind of guy. Well, I mean, (sighs) it can be a a sentence, but like the rumble of the opening garage door shakes the room. I think is uh, overly descriptive, perhaps. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, it, it's a it's a movie. You're not unless unless you're seeing this in D box or whatever that thing is called. You know what I'm talking about? There's those movie theaters that the seats actually shake when you're uh, in an action scene. That's called D box. I think really? so. Really? I thought he was the center for the Lakers. <laughs> 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 um, but this isn't necessarily like the audience isn't going to experience the shaking, and that's a little bit much for a garage door, anyway. Oh, wow. So, just I agree with uh, our friend here, and <laughs> I also think you could cut uh, worst feel, fears realized. That's sort of editorializing. You could just I, I like the succinctness of it, but you could even go further with that. Oh boy, you guys are going to be tough. I I like we, we it. We have to say something. I'm yeah. putting it. I know. I know. Thirty of these people. Thirty. <laughs> okay, Mike. And, and Mike, you can definitely chime in when you feel strongly about stuff, too. Or maybe you can be our tiebreaker. There's no room for will you be our, Will on, you be our tiebreaker? <laughs> okay. The next one <laughs> You're is... You're the experts here. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Steve D'Arcangelo. And he is from Los Angeles. Hi, Steve. Go for it. Interior Fairweather Stadium today. Necessary upgrades aside, the intimate baseball stadium hasn't changed much since 1937. No exclusive clubs or Wi-Fi. No retractable roof. Nothing but heartbreaking memories. Okay. All right. I like, I like, I mean, it, it kind of, it's, it's all sort of squished together and working across the page. But in this case, it works because there's that kind of vintage feeling about it, right? Nothing's changed much since 1937. Nothing but heartbreaking memories. I like it. Thank you, Steve. I know this project very well. It's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. What do you guys think? 
Uh, I like it except for the first three words of the sentence, necessary upgrades aside. That's mm-hmm. kind of needless. Okay. Because it, it undercuts the message you're trying to send. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because you're trying to say this is a vintage, old-timey kind of Fenway Park place, but then you're putting this little caveat, well, we've added some stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's, you're not a real estate agent. You, need, you don't need to like... <laughs> well, look, it doesn't have to be up to code. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Retrofitted for earthquakes. Co- cozy, one, great school district. Oh, you're in one of those kind of moods, aren't you, Matt? Uh-oh. Yeah. You're not a real estate agent, <laughs> damn it. Okay, No, but movie? that's good. I, uh, I, I generally think that that's, it, it conveys the right uh, feeling. And actually... I mean, I know the listener can't see this, but like you said, that's one paragraph. The last one was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. If I was going to be really picky, I thought the last one was going to be overly broken up. Like mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that's nice when you're to get to move you down the page, but I I like a nice, well structured paragraph too. But know? I have to argue that when you have a suspense, yeah. right, which is panic evidence charging up the stairs too late tiptoe cornered you want to work down the page because every beat is sort of a a, a new moment of suspense so i think it really you you do that depending on the genre um the next one is paul tory hi paul uh paul tory is from myrtle beach south carolina and it would be um just read yeah read the the, Mm -hmm. both of them they're just in different fonts go for it Interior, Elaine's bedroom, morning. Birds chirp loudly as a sunbeam finds its way through the blinds and onto Billy's face. He squints and rolls over. The bed is empty. The shower can be heard behind the closed bathroom door. Billy gets out of bed and searches for some clothing. He finds his boxers and slips them on. You can keep going. Interior, Elaine's kitchen, morning. Billy fills a glass of water from the tap. He, t- he downs it and is filling another when he hears a ruckus at the front door. Someone is trying desperately to get in and is having trouble with the lock. Now, he, uh, Paul, this, you sent me both of these pieces of scene direction, and I assume because they, they follow each other scene by scene. And I would actually say, to me, that's what's tripping me up a little bit. You don't need to set it in the bedroom and then set it in the kitchen. The kitchen does basically sets the scene of your, you know, at home, having sort of a mundane moment when uh, the surprise comes in. So I guess I just didn't need the bedroom scene. What do, you, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think you can do this entire thing in one sentence. Okay. Billy wakes up, someone's trying desperately to get in, and is having trouble with the lock. Okay. I mean, you just want to kind of, there's a lot of just kind of, like, birds trip loudly as a sunbeam. That's all kind of, a, you know, window dressing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not really needed. And I would just try to get through, all, I would try to get to, you know, the, uh, the payoff, which is someone trying to get through that door as quickly as possible. Right, Yeah, right. Get, get to the action. <clears throat> yeah. Also, if he's finding his boxers, I think this is, this is a little frontal yeah. nudity going on. <laughs> I was just looking at that again. Think Very European. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to Andrew Crawford. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, Andrew Crawford from Idaho Falls. Hi, Andrew. Um, go for it. Exterior, night. Western Town Street. Late 1800s, Western Town. Sounds of a crowded saloon fill the air. The saloon door flaps fly apart as a man is thrown onto the street. He tries to flee, slips in the mud. A man follows, taking his time. He is a young man, lean, handsome, weather-beaten, and scowling. He kicks the fleeing man in the gut, sending him to the muddy ground. Again he kicks, this time to the face. Blood flies. 
Okay, I love things like blood flies. That tells me so much. Mm-hmm. I have to say, everybody can't see this, but Andrew, I do wish that you had worked down the page more with this. Mm-hmm. You've got one paragraph that's expressing all of this, pretty much, with the exception of late 1800s Western Town. So had you paragraphed per beat, like when he tries to flee or when he kicks, then it would feel more like an action sequence, which is what it is, rather than sort of like a, a congested paragraph. What do you guys think? Um what I like is that, you know, it gets to the action. This isn't, you know, sunlight coming through the window, waking up, going through that. Like, the story is happening as soon as we start reading. A guy flies through the, through the doors. Somebody's attacking him. It's, uh, and, you know, the description of the young man I think is, is strong. It's a few quick adjectives to set things up and keeps the, keeps the action moving. The one little change I would have is a late 1800s Western town. Just make up a proper name. That'll sound a lot better than saying Western town. It's kind of generic. Let's, let's, let's name the town. What do you think the town should well, be called? Oh, yeah. Mm. Go, Mike. Oh. Rattlesnake Gulch. Gravestone. Oh. <laughs> All right. Gravestone. Okay. Yeah. For that matter, you might as well just name a date, too, or a year. I mean, it doesn't have to be lady. I mean, just, just right. be specific. I always think it's better to be specific. I think the best thing about this is, that, yeah, the description of the young man. I think that was unexpected. In, in some, in a, amidst a scene that's very familiar, like we've seen this a million times in mm-hmm. movies, um, I thought that jumped out. And, and so it made me go, oh, okay. So this is maybe a little... More interesting, but and it's good because of the detail. I think that's yeah, goes back to the same point. Uh, detail makes it unique. Lean, Not- handsome, weather beaten, and scowling. Yeah. Sounds a lot like Mike Siegel <laughs> right there. Uh, <laughs> weather beaten for sure. <laughs> well, I also have a, I have a friend who's writing on a western, and um, when you say late eighteen hundreds, it's it is kind of vague because is it before the Civil War or after? Yeah, because yeah. that's a big difference in mm-hmm. what's happening in the country at the time. Anyway, absolutely I mean, it could make a difference. Anyway, okay. So that's my, what do I know? Well, uh, <laughs> as much as we do. Mike oh, Siegel. that you know tons. Chris Westfield is our next person. Chris Westfield, I'm sorry. Um, I'm seeing where Chris is from. I don't know where he's from. Go for it, Mike. Interior, counselor's office, high school, continuous. Courtney scans the room. Empty chair, scattered textbooks, the open window. A disturbing realization hits her. Exterior, Putnam City High School, continuous. A three-story drop. Broken below lies Joni, motionless, arms, legs, and neck twisted in an almost inhuman directions. Scarlet red blood pooling underneath, contrasting with the white stone steps, her lifeless eyes skyward. Courtney staring down from the window, completely rattled by the sight, mouth agape, grief-stricken. Ooh, I like, I like this. I mean, to me... Uh, I like the fact that it's set in a high school and there is this sort of broken human underneath. I like the images. Um, I love Courtney staring down from the window, mouth agape, grief stricken. I mean, there's so much motion here. Um, I, and, and it does tell a story. The intro paragraph has Courtney realizing, oh no, right? And then she goes to the window. Here, I'm going to nitpick for just a second. I would have loved a minor slug line instead of exterior Putnam City High School continuous. That when she has that realization and opens the window, that she then goes to the window, and to the window is the minor slug, and looks down a three-story drop. So this is all sort of a continuous action from her point of view instead of the the double slug lines. This makes it easier to read. Yeah. It kind of carries you through. I I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Because you have to kind of read it twice and go, oh, no, they're connected. She has the realization, and then we see this scene. 
yeah. This is one that I feel like the context, um, out of context, I, I almost felt like the description was uh, overkill. Sorry, no pun intended. <laughs> but it's a lot of scarlet red blood pooling underneath, contrasting with the way. I mean, so my first reaction was, wow, this is, we, we get it already. But then I realized if you're reading the script and mm-hmm. you are, have, you know this character, or you've, you've followed this character for, for however long you've followed them, and then this happens, it actually is nice to, to have a moment where you're sort of taken through it. It sort of maybe adds to the impact of it. So I, I don't, I, I can't really. It's hard to judge all these things with no context, but um, I guess my only point is to just be aware of that. You know, you don't really need to lay it on so thick all the time. Yeah, I think you make a really good point because if this had been a high school movie, like, and through the whole thing, it's just kind of like clip, clip, clip. You know, it's got that sort of high school pop kind of yeah. feeling, and then we land here in this right. emotional moment. It work work really, really well. Mm-hmm. So if it's, but if it's. But if we don't, this heavy all if through, we, and if we don't know this character really, if we just met her, or if it's just kind of like a minor thing, then it's like, you know, we don't need to dwell on this beat. That I mean, it's it's more, it's obviously going to be more about the the witness, Courtney. It's more about her experience, um, and so to me, it's it feels a little flowery. Okay, um, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, generally, I agree with what Matt's saying. Uh, the the one thing is the last line, Courtney staring down from the window. Uh, I would just take out completely rattled by the sight. Just like Courtney staring down from the window, mouth agape, grief stricken. That mm-hmm. says everything you need to know. Sure, sure. I sure. would also make it Courtney stares down from. The yeah, window. yeah, true. Wow. You guys are good, man. All right, moving on to Adam Baldowski. Sorry, Adam. Um, and uh, where is Adam from? He is in the four hundred seven area code. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know what that is. Right? You don't even need to say it. Four hundred seven represent. <laughs> That's right. Why don't you go Bobcats? <laughs> Huskies. <laughs> that looks that one. Go it's for the it. same thing. It is the same thing, but that looks more scripty. Okay. <laughs> go for it. Interior church day. Sitting with his head down and hands clasped tightly in his lap. A teenager sits next to his father, his face shielded from the congregation by his long hair. He is praying. He stays seated as the congregation stands, and a drop of water falls on the teenager's white knuckles. He's not praying. He's crying. Hmm. I like like he's not praying, and then what he's got here is a whole new paragraph, standalone, he's crying, which is is dramatic to read. Um, Now I'm going to nitpick a little bit. He is praying. He stays. He's not praying. He's crying. So there's a little bit. Uh, I would have liked a tiny more flow in it, but I'm totally nitpicking here. Um, and also, yeah, he is praying is a little passive, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I did like the emotional story that it tells. I, I would just yeah. futz with the words a little bit. What do you guys think? I think it's a pretty strong one. It, uh, you know, it reminds me kind of you know they have that Hemingway six word story. Mm-hmm. Was uh, you know like baby shoes for sale never used. It kind of has a little arc to it like that. That yeah. made me cry right there. <laughs> Why'd you have to do that? Oh my god! Yes, but yeah. I, I I don't have like a real kind of nitpicky thing with this one particularly. It has a nice little arc to it. Uh, I get my first instinct was instead of he's praying like messing with the first one, the other one uh, he prays, mm-hmm. but then it kind of goes with the flow at the end of he's crying. So. Generally, I think this one's pretty good. Should it be he appears to be praying? I mean, uh, I would I want- leave it out completely. <laughs> yeah, you described what he's what it looks like he's doing. Ah, that's so, right. So don't contradict. I mean, it's basically he is praying, and then one paragraph later, he's not praying. Let's yeah, yeah let's get rid of he is praying. Right. So I also, it would be, I'm yeah, a, I'm a real like stickler for repetition of like unintentional repetition. I think 
And so sitting with his head down, a teenager sits next to his father. Mm, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That he's sitting twice. Um, so simplify that. So Adam, it's a really good story. Uh, Hemingway was mentioned in the same breath as you. Uh, <laughs> so that's great. But it's, it's a little... Um, uh, overwritten it, it more attention needs to be paid to to uh editing this and getting rid of some of the the unintentional repetition i i agree okay we are moving on this is khalid salim uh hello khalid and go for it interior doctor's office day consumed in reverie don hotat a grizzled geriatric warrior, smiles, staring out of a window, embracing the shimmer of sunlight peeking inside the sterile room. In the final act of life, he is at peace, one with the world. All except for the screaming people surrounding him. Into frame comes a doctor, screaming a barrage of words. Don pleasantly tunes out. Joining the screaming party is his son James, a man wearing enough stress to make you think he was the parent. (laughs) It's funny, it's like... At first, I thought this was going to be a drama. It's clearly a comedy, right? Um, I like I like the little sort of break into his peaceful moment of, oh, except for the screaming people surrounding him. I'm going to nitpick and say, into frame comes a doctor. You know, there's this is not a movie about a movie, okay? So it was doing so well, you don't need into frame comes, right? You could just say, a doctor screams a barrage of words. Don pleasantly tunes him out. What do you guys think? I think you're right about that i also i love in the final act of life he is at peace one with the world that's a great character introduction um so nice work on that um but yeah i mean i I don't know i kind of got confused um you know his son james who so wait is this is james the doctor's son uh, or is he's that's a good Don's point son. because it comes right after the doctor. Maybe sort of a lot of information and, and yeah, I, I think maybe just simplify. I'm really tired, guys. I have a baby at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not following everything. Right oh, here. the old baby excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, the old habit slept in days excuse. <laughs> I'm going to use it while I can. Yeah, yeah. Officer, I was speeding. <laughs> because I have a baby at home. <laughs> what do you guys think? You know, it's kind of like my same old note of uh, too many words in the uh, first sort of uh, passage there where the uh, grizzled ger- and the grizzled geriatric yeah. warrior is good because you're describing the character but then uh, shimmer of sunlight peeking inside the stale room yeah, my, my thing is you just consider like how many scripts the script reader is reading like you want to move them along through the process you yeah. know you want to I kind of call it the waterfall effect. You want the eyes just keep falling down the page and falling down the page. When you get kind of overly flowery in your description, it just it bogs things down without really adding as much as you think it's adding. That's a good point. You could even take the first two paragraphs and just combine them. Mm-hmm. In the final act of life, Don Hotat is at peace, one with the world. You know, then yeah. it's like that's how we meet him. And that tells you what you actually need to know beyond yes. shimmering sunlight and everything else. Yeah. The other thing I meant to say was that these it's like just so many so many commas. I'm I'm guilty of this when I write too. So I, I sympathize, but there's just so many. You're you're really slowing us down when you put that many commas Uh-oh. into a sentence. Oh, he really hasn't slept, has he? <laughs> <laughs> commas. The next one is Andrew Bumstead. Hello, Andrew. Okay. Um, name. This guy's he's submitted other. He things, has right? submitted other things, and I think he's done very well. I think he yeah. won one once. A contest, yeah. <laughs> we should we should uh, we should we should disqualify you Andrew Bumstead no <laughs> <laughs> can come all. in and win them all um, okay go for it Mike exterior Wickshire day rusty foreboding gates tall spires 
evil gargoyle faces. An old chain dangles from the bars, clanging against the metal and creating a hollow, constant noise, like the chiming of a clock. Interior, manor, day. Young Lizzie, bright-eyed and adventurous, watches the pendulum of the grandfather clock swing back and forth as it strikes 12. Look at you doing a little editing for this yeah. guy. Did I, miss, did I miss something? You edited out match cut to oh. interior manor day, <laughs> which actually, you know... It should be cut. It should <laughs> be cut. Oh, wow, I did that subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I do. You're actually, welcome, Andy Bumstead. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. When I, when I used to read scripts, I... I often just skipped slug lines completely. I read as little as possible because I just wanted to keep going. And usually you, you sort of know where you are anyway. You almost maybe subconsciously pick things up, but things like that, you just kind of blow past it. Um, but yeah, make make people's lives easier and just leave it off. Yes. Sorry about that. But no, but but uh, it it's does. A little different it does. These things are written in like email format. Yeah, that's true. Format. No, no, but that does it does say something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, some great description here: rusty, foreboding gates, tall spires, spires, evil gargoyle faces, an old chain dangles. Um, so it's definitely you know setting the the stage very well, and then we we. It, you know, contrast with young Lizzie, bright-eyed and adventurous. It to me, it has that kind of like um, fable-esque kind mm-hmm. of feel, like a I don't know Hugo-esque a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so or I, like I think Tim Burton or something. Yeah, I think he's setting he's setting That's the tone very poem. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fairy tale. So, uh, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> you know, it, again, it's just kind of addition by subtraction. Like uh, the sentence, an old chain dangles from the bars, clanging against the metal. I would stop there. And you know what to say, creating a hollow concept. We know what mm-hmm. a chain rattling against the gate kind of mm-hmm. sounds like. And uh, also the clanging. Again, it's, when you're using ING words, it's always better to use like the more active, just clangs against the metal. But you have an old chain dangles <clears throat> from the bar. So, okay, there's the active yeah. verb right there, clanging against the metal. I, so I it's like you're, yeah? yeah? But then it would be an old chain dangles from the bars, clangs against the I'll metal. Say, and clangs against ah. the metal. Oh, then you get a little, and then that you know, it, it's it's is a little bit of poetic license. Like usually, you know, I do think less is more. But the chiming of the clock then carry it's it's like the chiming of a clock, and then that takes us to the next scene where young Lizzie is watching the grandfather clock. So it's a nice, it's 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 nice writing, but you have to you have to weigh whether how much. How much you want to show off versus how much you want uh, the person to finish your script. Yeah. I like it. It sets the tone because if it was uh, if it, it was overly terse or you know yeah. too contemporary, it wouldn't feel then you right. Don't, for... It doesn't give the same feeling. Yeah, yeah I get it. Absolutely. This is the opening. The I think I, I just feel like in the opening, and I assume this, is, this feels like the opening of yeah. the script. You do have a little more license to sort of paint a picture, and then once you get into the action of the story, it's like let's just tell the story and, and not bog down. Andrew yeah. Bumstead, you're going back in my like pile. Uh-oh. <laughs> Are we supposed to be marking our favorites? Cause I, I, I sort of am. Sort of, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll take a break. Um, ben, You've had a baby. You're not doing ah, it. Right. <laughs> I'm not qualified. <laughs> I'm not qualified. <laughs> you shouldn't even be here. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> our next person is Ola Hall, all the way from Sweden. And she, she mentions, even though the scene takes place in Denmark, unfortunately for, for us, <laughs> the people at this table... I was going to say, we don't know the difference between Sweden and Denmark. I know you do. They're very similar, though. We're we're awful that way. I'm awful that way. Sweden, Actually, all Scandinavia is a push. Come on, let's be honest. (laughs) It could be one country. Denmark, Sweden. Sorry, I shouldn't even have gone there. Okay, go for it, Mike. One has fjords. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, there is a. Are we now? Are we bringing up uh, uh, spelling errors or anything like that? Or uh, the first word is. Uh, uh, but he is Swedish. You, so or she. She. Is it? Are we sure it's a he or a she? I think it's. I think it's a she. We I, don't know. I'm, okay, read it, and okay. then you can. And then gotcha. you can comment. Go for it. Exterior street, Norebro, Copenhagen. Dawn. Worn-out sneakers hit the pavement. Gabriel Alm, 25, tall and lanky, runs along a suburban street. Dirty kitchen clothes flapping around his thin body. He runs as if his life depended on it. The street is deserted, still asleep. He arrives at a run-down apartment building, facade covered with cracks and graffiti. An ambulance is parked outside. He throws the entrance door open. Okay. All right. Uh, I like he runs as if his life depended on it. You know, it tell, it's not he just, he runs. Um, and it, again, sort of tells a story working down the page. Where was the typo that you, that you saw, Mike? Worn. The first, the, worn. Yeah. Oh, and it's worn out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He spelled it W, she, like, he, like, she, Like he. warning. Yeah. yeah. Why don't w- you go ahead and write a script in another language? You know yeah. what? I will. Yeah, well, you write a script in Swedish. <laughs> I'm going to show you and I'm going to show Ola. <laughs> I know. And then I they was, can debate whether you're a guy or a girl. I was less <laughs> aggravated when I found out uh, they're from Sweden. Uh, <laughs> I, I, they get a pass. Yeah, okay. I, I think so. I think so. Uh, what do you guys think of the of the scene direction? Generally, I like this one. I don't really have a particular grievance with it. I mean, it kind of hits the notes. Like it, it moves everything along. It, it describes the character. It sets up the uh, kind of the tone where you feel a sense of sort of panic as they're running as if their life depended on it. I think this, uh, you know, pretty much. It's not you know the the greatest piece of scene description, but it, it very effectively sets up what is happening. Yeah, and Ola says that uh, it's the opening scene. So okay, it okay. definitely, there's a lot of movement there, a lot of excitement. Uh, I was talking about kitchen clothes. Um, does that mean he works in a kitchen? Dirty or? kitchen clothes flapping around his thin That's body. A good question. Hmm. Might be a, might be a, a Swedish thing. Is that a Swedish thing? Yeah, yeah I mean... I think I'm it's wearing my wear. kitchen clothes yeah, right I know. now. <laughs> um, is that where, what you wear when you cook at home, or is that he works in a kitchen? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Before you search for your bo- boxers. So. Yeah. Um, Matt, did we get what you? What I, you I, I have. I agree. I, I didn't. I thought it was good. I, I think it's. Um, you know, the, the only minor thing would be that guy might put a comma instead of a period after a suburban street. Dirty kitchen clothes flapping around us and body being is not really a complete sentence, but um, but but I think don't fine. you think don't you think with scene direction though a, you don't yeah, need complete you sentences, can take liberties right? that way yeah I, I that's fine so. um, here we go uh, and by the way Ola Toivonen is a Swedish soccer player who is a man so oh I really wanna, boom but there oh, could be a, but there could be it could be a female name like Ola Tesla. I apologize yeah. <laughs> I apologize Carrie, for <laughs> for comparing Denmark to Sweden and I yeah. apologize for I, I just we don't, know. we don't know I would like to apologize to everybody just up front because I around the world me a said. lot of letter writing actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> the next one is John McWhorter from Birmingham Alabama go for it interior police interrogation room day bam another punch to the face Matt a veteran detective shakes his wrist as he calmly walks over to the wall to retrieve a chair Victor head hanging bloody and beaten sits directly below the only light in the dark room. The cuffs pulling his wrist behind him are the only force keeping him from toppling forward out of the chair. Well, this is also a really strong start, right? Bam. You can't, you can't necessarily have a stronger start than well, boom. bam. Yeah, another boom. Okay. <laughs> boom. Right. Pow. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like Victor head hanging, bloody and beaten, sits directly. And now this is a cliche as yes. far as the interrogation room. And I wonder if it is... 
a pointed cliche, like if we're then going to be surprised. So I'm not going to like I, 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 the description of it works great. Mm-hmm. The actual content we've been here in a million movies. I don't know. What do you? Yeah, what it's do you like sometimes think? you need those scenes, um, mm-hmm. and we don't know. Yeah, like you said, we don't know whether there's a reason you know that we we're starting here or, or whether it, you know the script as a whole will will sort of bear out whether this is <laughs> it's going to be okay <laughs> or not um but that is a, a particular challenge when you have uh, you know you have to write a scene that's been done a lot like how do you write it in a way that makes it feel a little more interesting and i think you did a good job of that yeah i agree with pilar i mean i think the uh, description itself is very effective it's just uh, such a familiar scene that uh, if, well, I don't know how it's gonna you know churn out, but if I was writing, so I'd really want to try to find an original twist on it, just because. Mm-hmm. Even by the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, so John, think about that. If everybody comes into this scene and they go, "Wow, really good writing," but I've been here before. If you can surprise us, if you can continue to write to the end of the scene and completely shock us with what happens next, or pull back to reveal that it's not what we think, something like that, then uh, then for the story, you'll definitely do your job. Scene direction, you did an excellent job. Um, we're going to move on to Aaron Noden, and he is only 20 years old. <sighs> okay. <laughs> to you. <laughs> oh, and I'm sorry, and he's from the UK. Uh, go for it. Bottom of the page. Interior motel bathroom, day. Time crawls by. Dunaway, 40s, lethargic, drags on a cigarette like it's oxygen. Sweat stains his Hawaiian shirt. He mimes into the mirror. Swaying like an old crooner, he smiles, pretending to greet imagined passers-by, tipping his conspicuous Panama hat. Too casual. In a second, he draws a gun. He raises an eyebrow, James Bond, pleased with himself. He points with the gun, when... Bang! It goes off. The mirror shatters. Dunaway lets out a high scream, hopping backwards and dropping his firearm. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot here, a lot of mood, um, mimes into the mirror, swaying like an old crooner. Um, I think this is great. I think, yeah? yeah, I think yeah. This, uh, this is my favorite one so far. Really? Okay, tell me why. I, well, I think it, it sets the tone. Um, it's, it's character-based. You know, it's giving us a lot uh, of, like, indirectly giving us a lot of information about who this, this guy is. I mean, we're not really sure, but we get that he's sort of... Um, He's playing different characters and sort of practicing different characters in the mirror, which is I think is interesting. And then there's like the, you know, he sort of deflates the the, the situation with some humor at the end, which I like. Um, you know, we sort of we don't know where this guy's coming from or what's going to happen. There's a gun that's sort of suspenseful, and then it's just kind of funny that it goes off and he and he kind of squeals like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree uh, with Matt completely on this one. And I, I think a big thing is, because this character uh, feels different from so much of what we read, like it's usually, you know, the steely-eyed yeah. special forces soldier yeah. or like the goofy slacker doofus. There's something about him that uh, is, reads kind of like unique and compelling. I sort of want to know more about this Dunaway guy. So, And I, I think it, it seems a little bit wordy, and at the same time, it's very effective. I think it really... Uh, sets up an interesting kind of character and scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at right. first when it, when you start with time crawls by, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. But then I was like, no, you know what? That's a good that's a nice three-word way of saying like what you're actually what you actually may see just like visually the way that the scene will be shot sort of will convey that in a different way, but this is a very succinct way of saying you you're getting that sense of like, 
you know, it's one of those days where things are just kind of creeping along, and and he's just he's just playing around in the mirror, and it just feels like I could I could I could vividly see, you know, like a comic actor do, doing this, and and that's so to to kind of put a picture in people's minds is, is really. It's that's what you're trying to do. That's you, you identify with this, don't you? You did this this morning. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, not with the gun. That would be weird. Just a baby rattle. <laughs> okay, good job, Aaron. All right, moving on to James Zublik. Hi, hi, James. Actually, Jamie. Um, and uh, I think I just saw you in New York, Jamie. All right, uh, go for it. Exterior: Zendisky household night. Jonas stands poised to knock on the storm door, his fist hovering hesitantly, when the inner door rips open. His father stands in the darkness, silhouetted by the cold glow of the television, signs of salt showing in his pepper hair. Jonas lingers, avoiding eye contact. He slings his duffel bag over his shoulder and takes a step away. Click. His father opens the screen door, its springs groaning all the way. Jonas turns back and pauses on the threshold before entering with his head lowered. I think that the wording is good, but I think, Jamie, that you might be milking one moment. It feels like, you know, he's he's there and he's surprised by his father. And then he's there and he's surprised by his father. And it just feels like kind of a lot of steps toward one thing. What do you guys think? I think it's like, you know, he's kind of using 50 words for what he needs 10 words to describe. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, like the uh, it springs groaning all the way. Not really necessary. I mean, I, w- I like... Uh, the sentence is his father stands in the darkness silhouetted by the cold will. I would yeah. stop the darkness. Like, okay. His father stands in the darkness sounds more ominous to me. Because like, the silhouetted by the cold will. I mean, like, sometimes it's nice writing, but again, I'm just thinking as a reader, like, I want to get through things, you that, know? That particular moment, though, I like. Really? I don't think I need the signs of salt and yeah, showing that, in his pepper hair. But, but the idea that he's silhouetted there like a villain. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is his father. Yeah. So to me, after that, that kind of did it, and I would like... What happens next? What's the yeah. actual scene about rather than than continuing on? Yeah, the, to me, this feels more like a novel. And mm-hmm. it's well-written, but uh, I think you always have to remember when you're writing for uh, film or television that it's you're, you're, you, you're really just basically taking the reader and taking the audience from one dramatic beat to another. So anything that isn't in service of the drama I, I think is is um you're wasting time kind of you're wasting words and this feels like one beat stretched exactly. out over five paragraphs yeah. or however many it is six so jamie don't work so hard next time okay moving on or to... write a novel because you're good at that oh <laughs> stop no oh no, God. You, i'm sorry if, any, taking, if i oh, get sorry. any if i get any letters you're answering them what was that it's i was saying little, something little nice snide, little little oh, write a novel write a novel that's i was saying that was well written <laughs> You're just mad because you're. I'm taking business away from you. <laughs> Don't write a novel. Write more screenplays. The <laughs> <laughs> next person is Lee Eiferman. Um, and uh, hello, Lee. Um, Lee, I know that we went back and forth, but I forget where you're from. Please forgive me. We'll just read your stuff. Uh, it goes on a bit. Um, yeah, go for it. Go for the whole thing. Interior, antechamber, clean room, Queens, New York, night. A maze of spare parts, greasy tools bathed in blue light. A figure dressed in a hazmat suit gently picks up an aging toy rocket ship, cautiously deposits it, cautiously deposits it behind a stack of motherboards, piles more boards around it as if the toy were radioactive, peels out of the hazmat suit, shakes out her long curly hair. This is Janice, 28. 
Shoulders rounded from living at her computer, her eyes convey fierce intelligence. She shifts her determined gaze towards clean room. Encased in thick plastic, a long glass cylinder dominates the slender space. Inside the glass float pinpoints of blue light. They move like jellyfish, languid, aloof. Hmm. Hmm. So, um, so Lee, I'm going to get you a little bit because this is a little bit more than that quarter of a page that I asked for. <laughs> but it definitely uh, moved down the page nicely. Um, I wonder, I mean, it's, it's interesting that we've got this clean room in Queens, New York, and then it turns into kind of this sci-fi thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I don't know if I'm confused or I want to know more. What do, you, what do you guys think? I think this one's a little tricky to tell without context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the one hand, like it seems like it's moving along, but it also feels a little bit wordy. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of, you know, like when she says she's stacked behind a stack of motherboards, I assume that means like those computer chips. Mm-hmm. But then why would that protect from something that was radioactive is a little confusing to me. Okay. So, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess <laughs> a TDVD, I need to know a little more. It's really... You know what I think might even work better would be that instead of sort of tracking her first mm-hmm. and then moving into the clean room, maybe start in the clean room and then we meet her. Yeah. So that we, we feel like, oh, well, this looks really sort of weird and sci-fi, but here's Janice, you know, and she's used to this mm. in, in some kind of way. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Although sometimes you can end on an ominous note if you sort of you see a, if a scene sort of settles, you know, you've seen some uh, character action and then it settles on some jar and you're like, ooh, what's that must mean something. Whatever this whatever this uh, this um, glass, you know, with the blue light in it. I, and, you know, it kind of starts with the spare parts and, and tools and then we follow her. I like the best part about it is, is you know, the reveal um Although it's you know I've you've seen this before, but it's still an, a nice twist to see. Like you see this big hazmat suit, you maybe assume it's a man, and then the the helmet comes off, and the long flowing hair comes out, and so like that that's that's good stuff. But I, yeah, generally it's like I'm intrigued. I think it's good in the sense that I'm I want to kind of keep reading, so it's successful in that way. But it's it doesn't really tell me enough to know. Really, the shaking out the hair thing gets you. It still gets you. I like it. <laughs> yes. I, I, well, it's cool. I, first of all, a hazmat suit is cool. It's like yeah, this big, hazmat suits are cool. Weird foreign thing. That's true, and it is probably the best way to show that she's a girl. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on to Tim. Oh, I'm going to say this wrong. What do you think it is? O-coin? Tim, a, a coin. Okay, sounds good. Okay, Tim. Here we go. Go for it. Exterior, outer space. A vast ocean of stars against black abyss, their phosphorescent glow blemished by a microscopic speck. As the speck drifts toward us, it swells into a monolithic planet, smothered with intimidating architecture, infinite rows of columns and spires. Title over, Shawshank Maximum Security Prison, number of prisoners, 81,432. A small ship approaches a radial door located at the bowels of the massive prison. It waits for clearance with landing lights flickering. The door yawns open like an iris. Light escapes as if trapped within the prison for eons. The ship is swallowed by the door as it floats inside. Hmm. Okay, just before everybody gets all, you know, (laughs) their panties in a wad here. Um, Stephen King does have uh, a series of... 
I wouldn't call them competitions, but mm. he actually lets people adapt his stuff into screenplay. Mm. And there are various kinds of ways that he does that. Like there's one kind of thing where you can basically submit what your adaptation would be and uh, they'll pay you a buck and then you do it. And I mean, he's just he's just kind yeah. of very into yeah. this form. Right. So this is a uh, sci-fi adaptation of Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. But, mm. you know, I, cool. I, yeah, it is, it is cool. Um I, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I mean, it, it makes me feel like very alien sci-fi. I mean, it definitely sets the tone. Yep. What do you guys think? What if I read it like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> oh, could you? <laughs> could you? Oh, I please. wish. Oh, God. Could I, I wish. <laughs> but he wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> penguin documentary. Are <laughs> talking what about you mean? penguins somewhere. <laughs> Did I ever tell you when I met Morgan Freeman? No. No, I was, he was, this was before he was like really huge, right? But he had done something, a really small indie that had gotten a lot of attention. Is that where he played the pimp? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was, Something that was like his breakout. Yeah, it was his total breakout, right. and everybody was talking about him. But for some reason, he was at Smith College, and I was doing a play there, and his wife was the costumer. And I came out of, of trying on this costume, and there he was. And I went, oh, my God, easy reader. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah that, he loves that, I'm he, sure. Even then, probably annoyed by that. He was <laughs> so annoyed. I can't tell you. I can't tell you the look. I was, you know, I don't replay it. The yeah. fact that I'm talking about it, <laughs> and that's 25 for, for years. For everyone later. listening under the age of 30, that's from Electric Company. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, duh. Uh, I think a lot of people. Who yeah, they don't know, know that. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so old. Okay, sorry. Back to Tim O'Connor. Sorry, made it about me. Okay, so what do you what do you guys think? Well, this, this might speak to my kind of nerd bona fides, but this opening scene is almost exactly the opening scene from Star Wars. Hmm. Where the big uh, star destroyer yeah. takes in Princess Leia's ship, it's, it's like the yeah. uh, the imagery is so much like that. Where there's nothing, there's space. Then the giant prison ship is for sort of the equivalent to the star destroyer. Then the little ship is Princess Leia's ship getting swallowed up. And I, mean, I don't know if that's just for me. Well, there, and there's that's a, again it goes, and it sounds harsh just to say you know call it a cliche, but you see a lot of this mm-hmm. you know massive. Sp- space station or ship and then a tiny little thing just to give you the sense of scale a tiny little ship and goes into it um so like i i think this is well written and i thought it was well done but it, yeah again it does feel like we've seen this a lot it, it's, 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 it's to, too much sort of like a recreation of something iconic to me to yeah. uh, be as effective as it needs to be okay I also if you want to get like that's that's really really do it all right first Uh-oh. i would say instead of number of prisoners i would just say population 81,432. I think that's stronger. And then the door yawns open like an iris is a mixed metaphor. <laughs> wow. Wow. Boom. <laughs> that's true, right? Because irises don't yawn, right? Now, so it either yawns yawn. or it opens like a night, right? I like the yawn, though. I think yawn is really I strong. I like yawns don't, open Don't as overdo well. it. Oh. Leave, leave, just drop the iris. That part. is a good point. Man. All right. Now, next- what is Star Wars? That's what. I- <laughs> How dare you? What is this one thing it, you're talking it came about? After I- the Electric Company. Now, Easy Reader, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're gonna turn it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. See. Hey, you see? guys. Right, I wouldn't have been able to read. I wouldn't do what I did if it wasn't for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. All right, David Mayer. David Mayer. This one's for you. Go for it. Lightning. The tornado reaches the edge of the commune. Trees snapping before its awesome might. Thunder. Claire heads into the community center, flips on the light. Steve is right behind her. Just as he puts his hand on the door, there's a terrible crunching groan, and Steve scrambles backwards. The building heaves on its foundation, and roof lifts up into millions of bits, like a flock of seagulls taking flight. The entire building tips and breaks apart. 
half implodes under its own weight. The rest scatters to the sky. I like crunching groan. Yeah, that's cool. uh, yeah mm-hmm. I like that. I, I wonder, um, you know, if, if the roof lifts up into a mil- millions of bits, that's probably enough. You don't need like a flock of seagulls. It tends to be like sort of a poetic image against yeah. something that you're trying to make even even more harsh. And now Iran is stuck in the I know. I just, head. I really, <laughs> I go right to the band <laughs> when, I see, when I hear a flock of seagulls. <laughs> Oh, what do you guys do? Again, yeah? if you're under 30, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's block of seagull? Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think? And lightning spelled wrong. Okay. No. But, uh, yeah, there's, spelled- a, there's a bunch of typos. The mm-hmm. it's, it's thing, like apostrophe S is possessive. So you don't put the apostrophe. Does he need any description of Steve or age or anything like that? Steve or? is um this is this is taken from the middle oh, of okay, his script. Okay, I actually okay. just consulted on this, so I, I know I know where this is. Okay. Um no I think it's I think it's good. I mean it tells a nice little story, mm-hmm. right? You think that, you know, everybody's safe and then boom, right? Um yeah. so it it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's effective. I mean like the kind of the prose isn't, you know, amazing, but it, I'd rather I'd rather have like a good story told than like yeah, because it's, it's moving along. Like you know, she's running yeah. to the building, then the building explodes. So that's something happening. That's like the most important thing is telling the story. Right. Yeah, that's you know, I feel like I ran into this all the time. Where like sometimes you'd read a script and you know, there's some misspellings and some things like that. And on the one hand, you're like, well, couldn't they have cleaned it up? But on the other hand, I like I like a script that's you know, it at least engages me. Like it it could be you know grammatically perfect and really boring, yes. or it could be like this, which is maybe uh, needs a little clean up but it's it's effective so yes. i think you know that's that's what matters yes I agree the, the words and the words aren't going to be on the screen that's it's just uh you just might get judged by pedantic jerks like me <laughs> <laughs> the next the next one is shad hack does that sound right or hacky Shad? I think it's pronounced Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> from the UK. He's from the UK. We're going to cover every center the Lakers ever had. Where's okay. Wilt's submission? Is Wilt in here? So um, skip where it says log line and scene and just go into interior house. Okay. Interior house, hallway, day. The door opens. JJ enters in his creased, worn-out Armani suit and drops his suitcase, which is plastered with stickers from around the world. He takes off his shades and looks around. The humdrum hallway, which hasn't seen much changed since the 90s. Otherwise, it's a typical suburban family home littered with picture frames. His eyes are immediately drawn to one. A familiar-looking kid, aged eight, with thick glasses, shiny braces, and multicolored suspenders. He has a huge, toothy grin. J.J. calmly closes his eyes and grits his teeth when... A shriek! A 58-year-old woman with an eccentric grin runs down the stairs, arms wide open. J.J. swallows a squirrely smile. And he threw in some uh, dialogue after that. But Cheat. no cheating, right. Mm-hmm. So we, we stopped. Okay. Um, uh, but what we will find out is that that woman is his mom. Um, I think, you know, when you've got all this kind of description about the mundane, then, then again, compression's key. Uh, film, a familiar-looking kid, age eight, with thick glasses, shiny braces, and multicolored suspenders. Sports a huge t- toothy grin instead of he has a huge toothy grin you want to if you're going to spend all this time on detail you want to make sure there's some kind of active verb that that follows um i i think it's i think it's a a fun way to come into a house and and meet one's eccentric mom it definitely is more interesting than just he enters the house yeah What, what do you guys think 
I'm just wondering about, uh, is this a period thing? Because um, he, he's drops a suitcase plastered with stickers from around the world. That's pretty 1930s <laughs> to put a stickers. Steam trunk. On a steam trunk. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. But that, the hall- that's the only thing else. And then the hallway hasn't seen much changed since the 90s. Maybe it's the 1890s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you're right. Those stickers, definitely, especially if he's got a creased, worn-out Armani suit, mm-hmm. he can probably, at I mean, one point, afford good luggage yeah i mean it's an easy way of saying he travels a lot and he's been around to a lot of places yeah. but yeah it's well, old well stamped ways. passport yeah. might be a better yeah. Yeah. that's kind of yeah cartoony almost i just feel like yeah. it's like uh yeah. looney tunes to see like a yeah, very much yeah. so. <laughs> is jimmy stewart walking in <laughs> <laughs> and also you know to have well yeah you know it it works it works but it's over it's overdone. We've got too much mm-hmm. detail here, and as you can see, some of that detail is actually distracting us from the story of the scene. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, we're going to move on to Nadia Bacon. Hello, Nadia. And Nadia's from Los Angeles, California. How about that? Um, Wait a minute. Oh, you don't have that? I know Nadia. Yeah, yeah. I know that I, name, too. I have to recuse myself. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you know Nadia? Yeah, I do. Oh, who's she? She's uh she's in the comedy scene here. She's um she used to date BJ Porter. Yeah. Ah. All right. Okay. Do you still want to do it? Is there where where am I reading? There. Sorry. Where? Sorry, th- these are recycled pages. Th- there we go. Uh Oh, there. The yeah, Cassandra Black. Ah, see. Okay. It's format. It's all okay. format. Yep. Cassandra Black, early 30s, sits Indian-style on top of a marble bathroom counter. She smokes a long, thin, clove cigarette and wears a red silk turban. Her look is reminiscent of a 1930s Hollywood starlet, and she speaks with an ambiguous European accent that would make Madonna cringe. (laughs) I do like that. I like that that would make Madonna cringe. Um, But Nadia, you don't need her look is reminiscent of a 1930s Hollywood star. I mean, to me... I love that she smokes a long, thin clove cigarette and wears a red silk turban. If you go right to, she speaks with an ambiguous European accent that would make Madonna cringe. It's all there. Mm-hmm. So be careful about sort of over, overcomplicating the description. It's really good with just some of these these simple moments. What do you? What do you I, I like it. It's a nice character setup. It seems like something fun. It's similar a little bit to the uh, the one from the English twenty year old you read earlier, where it's. Uh, Sets up some kind of a unique and different kind of character that you want to know more about. Yeah, yeah, and then then punctuates it with humor, which is great. Yeah, I'm uh, just wondering: is it sitting Indian style? Is that well, how it's, it's used? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to sit. I mean, is there a way to say it? like legs crossed? Well, or now something? the kids in crisscross apples. They do right, exactly. <laughs> that's that what, what they, they say. Crisscross yeah, applesauce. You you're not allowed Indian to say Indian style. Indian oh yeah, style. we said Indian style growing up, yeah. didn't we? <laughs> I mean, I knew what it meant. Style. That's yeah. why I was wondering. I mean, I didn't know. If Back on Electric Company. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Nadia. I, I think that's okay. okay. I mean, everyone knows what that means, I think, even if it's not maybe politically correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think probably her character is not politically correct either, right. so mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, and also, I should mention that's a half-hour comedy spec. Oh. Um, so I think it, it definitely sort of gives you that character right away. That in, might, in might be the, was that the shortest one we've read so far? Because I'm giving know. it points just for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I, I have like to short. say, don't you think that everything so far has been like surprisingly well written? Yeah. yeah. I, good stuff. I mean, the fact that we have to nitpick at everything says that like everybody seems to really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sitting Jew style, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so <Are> that's... You... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. God. So just, you know, oh, he's a Jew. And we all know what that means, Jew, right? We all Jew, know what that means. Jews can say it. <laughs> 
This Jew can laugh at it. Okay, good. Alex is not allowed to do anything except sit there politely. Yeah, I'm Jewish. I, know. I can laugh. Are at you it. Jewish? Okay, then let's just make Matt. She's got to love Hollywood. Matt's huh? the one who has to scowl and look uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is from Kyan Krumdiak. And uh, I'm looking for where he's from. I'm not seeing it. But uh, he says he's been listening since early 2010. Okay, go for it. Exterior roadside day. A booted foot crunches through a half-eaten lollipop. The feet walk away down a road. The candy oozes into the tar. A car passes, and a despairing, despairingly thumb... Disparagingly. Disparagingly thumb... Bearing mm. crystals and things. Ah, yeah. yeah, that's why. Okay. There's a word missing, I think. Bearing the remnants of nail polish returns to its pocket. A 16-year-old girl, Nick, walks determinately along, determinedly along the shoulder of a shimmering country road. Torn jeans, long scraggly hair, and a wife beater cover a sinewy body. Over her back is slung a patched Disney princess backpack. Sleeping Beauty has a sharpie handlebar mustache. Nick's eye twitches in the wind. Her eyes are red, and she rubs them, but there's nothing there to be rubbed away. She turns at the sound of a car. Faint country music filters out of the tall car. Nick sees who it is and continues walking. Hmm. Well, okay, so right away, Kyan, you know that w- what we're going to say, there was a word missing, probably uh, a disparagingly something thumb. Um, yeah. Um, but if you think about it, you don't need any of that because if you have, you know, a thumb bearing the remnants of nail polish, right, then then y- you get it. You get sort of what's happening here. Um, it's I the like- idea that, I mean, I guess someone, this person's hitchhiking, but they're just sort of saying that in a very obtuse way is that, is that I think she's goal? supposed to be kind of like she's just kind of like this the scraggly kid mm-hmm. 16 years old you know so the all the half-eaten lollipops and the and the remnants of nail polish are supposed to make us feel that way a little right. little punk um but maybe it, I mean it, it is it is way too much it's just way too much and it's half of it would still tell the story very well mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of the touches, honestly. Like, I think the the backpack with Sleeping Beauty has a sharpie handlebar mustache. That's really, really um, good. But I, I think you have to be clear about what the action, the, the, the you know, the action of the scene is, is what is important. You know, if, if it's not clear whether she's hitchhiking or not, again, there's a word missing. I don't know if the thumb was out or if, the, you know, how much, we don't know how much is missing here. But <laughs> it sort of, it made me think, oh, okay, so this was a, someone hitching or trying to hitch a ride but then when she sees uh who's in the uh, the car going by she just continues walking so there's something about that that's intriguing i just think it needs to be more made more explicit yeah no yeah i mean to me it's uh it's really overwritten like what's this a booted foot i assume the boot's on a foot you know you can (laughs) say a boot crunches through and you know i mean like the uh some of the individual lines are good but the thing is it's things like this that make what should be like a 105 page script 115 page script mm-hmm. and there's really a difference as a reader when you pick up like yeah. something close to 100 pages like just your starting point is way better you have a much better attitude towards the script when you totally. see it shorter so you're really doing yourself a favor by just trimming this down as much as you can I mean, like, you know they're all great lines, but they don't all need to be there. And they are great lines, too. Yeah. I think the writer's not trusting how great that description is. So she adds another one, and then another one, and another one, and that is what makes it novelistic. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the good news, Cayenne, is there's so much here to work with. Yeah, and it's always good to have... It's better to have stuff to cut than have to... You know, when you're rewriting, it's easier to cut things out than to add something that's missing, I think. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so at this point, guys... 
<laughs> we have to sort of decide what to do because I'm going to, you know, look, it's, it's the podcast. Sometimes we go off script here. And uh, we have a lot, more, we have more submissions than we thought we would and less time to work in. Um, Alex has to go off to, where are you going? Uh, Bay Area. The Bay Area, right? So he's got a friend who's waiting for him. Matt's, as we know, has a new baby. He has to get going. Mike has no idea why he's even here to begin with. <laughs> um, so what do, you, what do you think we should do? Should we make this part one and then we do a part two and then put them together? Can we do that? Can I? Can we reschedule? If you we guys? are going to break it, I think we close on this next one because it's my favorite so far. Yeah. Okay. Like you do have to kind of. Yeah. Do we do all that right. Thing. All right. We're going to close on oh, this God. next who is one. This? <laughs> who is this? This is Cliff, Cliff Gartska. <laughs> Cliff Gartska. I'm just saying, I want to put out a watch for Cliff. <clears throat> yeah, it's Cliff Gartska Senior. Okay, Cliff Gartska. Interior on the page studio <laughs> oh, afternoon. No. <laughs> Entering the studio at the crack of noon. Pilar <laughs> Alessandra, confident. 28. 5'2, <laughs> 85 pounds. Oh, Visually so inspects the room. Striding to her secret gummy bear dominatrix wall safe, Pilar dials the combination, enters. Lawrence Cruz, Australian, shy, 42, 6'6, 250 pounds, enters. Looks around to see if Pilar is in the studio. Grabbing her daily fix while changing into her leather garb, Pilar spots Lawrence. Pilar cracks the whip. Oh, no. Both literally and figuratively. <laughs> Dropping to his knees, Lawrence licks Pilar's stiletto heel boots clean as the podcast theme music starts. Yeah, this, so, yeah, this is my favorite. I think so we found winner. a winner. Yeah, 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 I think so. You don't have to do part two. It's over. Yeah. How does he know me so well? It's amazing. How does he know my 28, age? 25. Yeah. It's was, uh, just incredible. This, this is why you go through so many producers. It, it really, uh, yeah, that, that, is, yeah. that is true. Well, as we can tell, Lawrence isn't here today. Right. So now we know by. Um, uh, Cliff. Um, a little too much detail. I would, <laughs> I would say thank you, Cliff. Um, so, so part two, we can schedule it. Yeah. Sure. Do you guys mind? No, it's fine. Right. Okay. <laughs> We're all kind of shrugging and like, looking away. Uh, you know, I'll, we we could do something else. I could uh, pizza. I uh, I'll, I'll figure out. Keep okay. talking. All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Cheesy bread. Babysitting. <laughs> Pat okay, could do now it because I'm, you know, being. going to have to have a child now so you can babysit it. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want? I don't need anything. Okay. Uh, oh, thank you. See, how many, Alex how just many wants do we have to... left? That's the question. How many are I'm left? I'm just in love with well, the sound of my own voice. Um, we've got. Look, we got all those left. We've got another got hour lot. left. Lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I said that this is episode 250. <laughs> I don't know if it's. A? Uh, this is 250A. That's yeah. right. Okay, we'll figure this out. We, yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Listen for part two very soon. <laughs> very soon. You know what we should do? Okay, forget it. It's not. It's not episode two fifty. We'll just uh, we'll we'll put both parts together and we're going to release it as one episode. Is everybody cool? Yeah, right. Sure. So it'll be like two parter, right? Mm-hmm. But it'll all be at one time. Right. So I'm just going to have to write all these people and tell them just 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 hold their horses. Okay. Right. It's not episode two fifty. It's it that was false. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> the whole time I thought we were in episode two fifty. I know. I Turns know. Out Bruce Willis is dead. Space time continuum. <laughs> right. Who knows yeah. when this will actually come out? It could be interesting. Oh Maybe by that time it'll be episode five hundred, and I'll be fifty years old. That sounds pretty good. Oh, Although, just gave away my age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All right, guys. Um, thank you for listening to part one, part two to follow very soon, if not immediately. And uh, and go to onthepage.tv. Go to the Travel Podcast. What? Uh, TravelTalesPodcast.com. TravelTales Podcast. And we're also on iTunes. Dot com. Go to Never Not Funny. Podcast.com. Podcast.com. Yep. Okay. And uh, Alex. Uh, come over a- and hang out. Okay. And, and <laughs> go, ha- go hang out with <laughs> yeah. Alex. All right. Thanks very much for listening, you guys, and have a good writing week. We are on part two. Part two of the scene direction slash action line podcast with Matt Belknap producing. Hello, Matt. Please let us leave. Uh, no, no. Actually, it's, We've been here for 17 days. <laughs> it is two weeks later because we ran out of time the first time. So it's two weeks later. Your baby is now eight weeks old, not six weeks old. Yes. I think he's walking now, right? He is so many milestones. I don't know what I mean. He started smiling, cooing. He's going to be reading a few of these. Yeah, actually, he's going to come in for the last part mm-hmm. and give us his take. Thank you, Charlie Belknap. And uh, Alex Kramer is here, back with us. Hello, Alex. Hey, how are you doing? He's already been to uh, Oakland, right? Right? And true. back, yeah. Right, you made it that day. Big road trip. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. So, so no hangover stories, nothing like no. that. Okay, plenty of time to recover. No tattoos, nothing like that. All right, well, we're good. Later. Okay, got it. <laughs> and then also jo- rejoining us is Mike Siegel. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Have you have you uh, released any travel podcasts since we've, we've had a couple? Yeah. 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 People yeah. have been traveling all over the place in two yeah. weeks. and they're all asking about this show. <laughs> When's it coming out? <laughs> when can we hear it? <laughs> And in the meantime, since since this has come out, or since the last time we did this, um, we have a new website. Go to onthepage.tv. You'll see a brand new website there. Also, um, you can sign up for Camp on the Page. Oh, my God. Camp <laughs> on the Page. And every week in Camp on the Page, we will be exploring a different medium or a different uh, genre, different mm-hmm. scripted medium or different genre. And we're going to be doing... Uh, pitching and half hour writing. Um, we're going to be doing reality and documentary. Um, it just goes on and on. Penny raids. Exactly. Archery. Maybe some archery. Maybe. Are you going to do a whole one just dedicated to Jason from Friday the 13th? That was, that was um, <laughs> you know, we should do a horror one, yeah. but we don't. We have comedy instead. Meatballs. Comedy Meatballs Steve, week. Steve <laughs> yeah. If this works well, we'll just keep doing stuff like this. Your, of course, your Ernest Goes to Camp tribute will sure. be your partner. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, um, we have t-shirts. Oh my god! We have just when you thought on the page couldn't get more adorable, <laughs> here comes camp on the page. <laughs> camp on the page, and it's going to start on July fifteenth. <clears throat> if you do all seven weeks, it is the low, low price of only three hundred fifty dollars, which is fifty bucks a class. With all these different guest guest instructors coming in, Laura House is coming in. Oh, nice! Yeah, um, and if you do it class by class, it's sixty five dollars a class. Because I just want to keep it like cheap and let people come in and. Hang out for the summer and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's on Sundays, one to four. So and so if you look fall asleep, Pilar will put your hand in a bowl of water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You wake up floating in the middle of the lake <laughs> right after I short sheet your bed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. God, I loved camp so much. Camp is the best. You did. No, well, what do you mean? Of course I did. <laughs> because you're an extrovert. We were just talking about this before, like how I, like I'm a social misfit. I like. You know, that just gave, gave me great anxiety to go to a camp because I was like, I didn't know anybody and it would freak me out. But of course, you loved it. You probably ran the place. I did run the place. So, <laughs> is there a problem with that? I'm, I'm not confused. for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. 
Isn't that why people go to camp to run the place? Okay, never mind. We can't all run the place, Pilar. <laughs> well, here we are uh, at, at, at the precursor to Camp on the Page. It feels like Camp on the Page. We are reading scene directions and action lines sent in by people, and there will be a um, prize at the end of it, and I will know what the prize is by the end of the contest. Okay, so... Uh, Mike is going to continue reading. The first one is Keith Storier. Keith Storier. And uh, where's Keith from? Uh, uh, oh, it looks like a long distance area code. Look, 440790. That's another country altogether. It's a whole other country. It's Keith Storier don't from keep, another country. <laughs> well, 44 is the country code. Um, okay. Yeah. What do you think, travel guy? Mike, you know might all be, the country uh, codes. Might be Great Britain. Okay. Might all right. Be. All right. Keith, I know I should know this because I know we've talked to him. Sorry. Okay. Go for it, Mike. Interior, museum basement, day. A vast vaulted room packed with books, paintings, religious artifacts. It looks like an art gallery and junk shop had a fight in a church. (laughs) The only light comes from a desk in the corner. A man, engrossed in some ancient manuscript, half-eaten sandwich in one hand, pencil in the other. He eagerly jots notes in his tatty leather journal. He is 30, bespectacled, suit and tie. If this were present day, he'd be called nerdy, but in 1891, he's bookish. This is Montague Rhodes James. Hmm. I like, you know, it's it's interesting. I think all the, if this were this, this would be that. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's cute. And I think that it's, it's descriptive. I wonder if there isn't a little much of it. And I also want to make sure that the, the tone is what he's going for. Because right now it does have kind of that, like, it's got like a charming Sherlock Holmes feel mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Keith, if that's what you're going for, you're, you're, you're on target. What, what do you guys think? I loved it. Yeah, I think I thought this was great. Like he he got a laugh from all of us really on the um the uh, the art gallery in the junk shop had a fight in a church. That's a great line, um and really descriptive. Um yeah maybe maybe a little <clears throat> like you, maybe you could pare it down a little bit with the like um I don't know though I don't I like that line too about the if it were present day it would be called nerdy. I just thought like the is this sort of engrossed in an ancient manuscript, half eaten sandwich in a hand pencil on the other like it, there's a lot of dun, 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 um in that part of it but i feel like this really told me what kind of story we're about to be told and which is great and it really was vivid to me it, it, oh, it actually two weeks later matt is in a much better mood uh, well you fed me you fed me before this one <laughs> which was good this is how pilar handles her hostages like, first it's deprivation <laughs> but only gummy bears <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah you gave it sugar got me all wired last time and now i'm like i'm kind of mellow on some steak salad so i'm responsible for your mood is that what you're <laughs> kind saying of, that's, kind of that's good to know um no but it, you know what it, it, to me it evoked i was immediately picturing Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer if anyone was a fan of that show one of my favorite shows okay and um, we've crossed the dark line so let's go to Alex well <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. That was a great show. I don't have a ton. Get any to... grown-up shows you can reference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a ton to add to this other than what's been said. I think it is really good. One thing I like is the uh, the name Montague Road James. Ah. I think it's sort of underestimated how important names are and kind of being evocative and setting up a character. And uh, the only thing I'd add is it, it is a little bit long, but for a protagonist, I think that's okay. Like as long as it's a main character, you can get away with this much. Anything less. Any like lesser character, you'd want to probably try to do in one or two lines. But for setting up your protagonist, that's yeah, that's good. And let's note that his leather journal is tatty. Yes, yeah, it's tatty. That sounds very British. It does. I don't even. And know this what is it means from this it. was a TV pilot. I think I get the sense that this was the first. This is the opening oh. thing. But this is from the weird world of Mr. James. Yes. 
So Should yeah, it be tattered? Should it be tattered? Uh, no, I think it's. I think that's a, a word. Tatty. I it think sounds it's like a, a combination of tattered and natty. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> maybe it is a word, but if even if it isn't, it kind of it caught it the works. point across, which was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, our next one is Joe Scott. Hi, Joe Scott. He says he's a longtime listener of the podcast. Um, and uh, Joe, you gave us a whole scene with lots of dialogue in it, so I've actually circled a piece of scene direction. So I apologize that it's it's not everything that you submitted. We're going to go down guys to exterior car show day exterior car show day amanda walks past rows of sparkling midlife crisis machines with her best friend kim late 20s with a mischievous face she's the sweetest girl who ever punched you (laughs) i I love that she's the sweetest girl who ever punched you that's a lot of fun um i think amanda walks past rows of sparkling midlife crisis machines that's at the car show that's really good with her Best friend Kim, late 20s, with a mischievous face. That's the only place it goes wrong. Because it sounds like she go, she walks past it with Kim and a mischievous face. Right. And it's just a little... It's a little... It's a little clunky. Yeah, just right there. But I love the description of the midlife crisis machines. That's Yeah, that was good. And I, sweetest the, girl who ever punched you. I yeah. Like that. I yeah. like that. You know that girl. No, I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, do I? <laughs> it's a good punch, though. I'll take that punch quite often. I like it just because it's tight and punchy and mm-hmm. evocative, and it just uh, it tells you and that that's the big thing with description: saying the most with the least. And this does a very good job of that. It just yeah. getting everything important out there, and also having like a little life to it with the midlife crisis machine. That's a great line to uh, distinguish yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that line tells you the point of view. You know what I mean? Like that that is is a really kind of clever and subtle way of conveying the sense of humor the sensibility of the overall like what you're how you want this whole thing to play is like that that is a specific sense of humor and a specific um you know way of thinking of the world or looking at the world that hopefully carries through the whole script so you kind of know what you're in for which is good which is great cool thank you very much okay we're moving on to thomas gavin from manchester uk and he says that this is taken from a 15 minute script so this is a, a short Okay, go for it. Interior, Wolf's apartment, living room, night. Wolf, 51, is slouched in an armchair staring daggers at the television. The aging, unkept Wolf bears pointed yellow teeth and wiry dark hair all over his body. He is dressed for an evening of solitude, just how he likes it. He drinks scotch on the rocks and is no novice. Okay, so so really uh, fun visual right up front. Um, just the fact that we've got like a werewolf watching... TV is is hilarious. Um, I think the way since we're we're judging it less on what it is and and more on how it sounds. Um, the he is dressed for he drinks scotch. Um, that kind of thing is is sort of um, my little red flag. I feel like there's always a, a a way to sort of work that work that in. So like Wolf Fifty One dressed for an evening of solitude slouches in an armchair staring daggers at the television. Like that might have been a way to get that in instead of he is this he is that. But I, I think it's it's really funny. I didn't get that he was an actual werewolf. I thought when it said the aging unkempt wolf, I thought they were just repeating his name. His name is Wolf, but uh, but you, I mean, you're probably right. Yellow pointed yellow teeth and wiry dark hair all over his body. Oh, all over the his body. It is, is, it is England. The, that, the dental yeah. care there is. <laughs> oh. oh no, God! There go the view. Yeah, there's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I get that now. That the, the hair is because yeah, the teeth. He could he may just have weird teeth. Like, um, <laughs> Why are we dark hair all over his body? He he might just it might be. But the fact that he yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> it did, I will say it did kind of hit me in the same way that I didn't really know. It's a little vague because he's dressed, was dressed for an evening of solitude. Like, so he's like still wolf is a nickname or something. Yeah. And then, oh no, it's a wolf. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe just say the aging unkempt werewolf. True. True. That would Just probably that it. would help. That would or help. something unmistakably that would make him a wolf, like he has claws or something. Because anyone can have right. pointed yellow teeth. They're kind of ambiguous. Who but... do you guys hang out with? My God, <laughs> I live in a Russian I... neighborhood where everyone <laughs> yes. is covered in wiry hair all over their body. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> that is true. Okay, we're moving on to uh, Robert Dylan, and Robert Dylan is from New York, New York. Well, I don't know if it's New York, New York. It just says New York. But I'm adding the other New York. <laughs> I've moved him to mm-hmm. Manhattan. Okay, so go is this for Bob it. Dylan? Wait a minute. <laughs> oh my God. Bob Dylan. It is Robert Dylan. We're we're big fans, Bob. Okay, go for it. Exterior Manhattan night. From above, traffic courses through cro- cross. <clears throat> Let me do that again. From above, traffic courses through cross streets and avenues. Dive in the upper. Dive in on the Upper East Side. Lights blur and become. Interior, apartment 2B, kitchenette, night. Blood, cascades across tiles, funneled in a crisscross fashion by the grouted grooves between them. Spews from a flash of forearm, flat against the floor. <laughs> Sirens, interior, 1601 York Avenue, night. Sirens were and spin as two police cruisers converge outside a five-story pre-war walk-up. Four officers spill out, storm the doorway. Okay, so I'm I know, sorry, I was a little awkward. Well, it, it's it's hard, grouted grooves, you know, things like that. Flash of forearm flat against the floor. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that was like Dr. Seuss. You're very flash of. <laughs> so read readability aside, I mean, I, I, as far as external read readability, yeah. I, it actually you have to kind of see this one because it moves down the page. He's got from above dash dash new paragraph traffic courses, and then we have blood. New paragraph, cascades across tiles. New paragraph, spews from a flash of forearm. So so I love, I really do like the way that he's working down the page and creating that kind of thriller feel mm-hmm. with it. It may be slightly overdone right now because you have to kind of figure out what's leading to what, um, you know, as far yeah. as all the cutting off of one one sentence with another. I would say, Robert, that... Just using your paragraphing would have worked just great. You don't have to add all the dashes, all the cutoffs, things like that. Yeah, to me, it's uh, it's definitely a little overwritten. Like things like grouted grooves mm-hmm. is just a uh, just an odd thing to uh, to read and to see, and it almost seems more humorous. And then flash of a forearm flat against the floor seems like you're trying a little too hard. Like okay. I would I would try to do a little quicker, a little punchier, and not try to be quite. I mean, you want to be clever, but like not showy, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I do love the blood. The blood cascades across tiles. Just yeah, yeah, that, that, that is, is by, by really itself good. is great. But then when you yeah. throw in grouted grooves, yeah, right. you need like twenty five percent of of the sort of flowery language that's happening. Maybe. Yeah, because it says like sirens were and spin. Even there, they can either were or spin. They're not to do both. You know, just get us through the the page. Got it. Got it. Or maybe way. someone selling seashells by the seashore <laughs> <laughs> would help me out a lot. <laughs> By the way, Mike, you're going to come to the Grouted Groove store with me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are they playing this year? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, yeah. I always see the Grouted Grooves. Uh, thank you, Robert. So it was it was visual. It had impact, but it might have been a little overdone. So we're going to go to Scott King, 
and uh, Scott King. Let's see, where is he? Where is he from? There, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. And I have two Scott Kings who are clients, so I'm not going to guess. Say, don't we know Scott King? Yeah, there's Scott King from Chicago, right? Yeah. He opens for Jimmy Pardo, right? Right, right, right. right? And he <laughs> was in my class in Chicago. Yeah. And then there's another Scott King, so I don't want to confuse uh, the two. So this may be Chicago I'm or not, not Chicago. <laughs> I apologize to both Scots. Okay, so uh, uh, Mike, don't read the dialogue. Go for it. Interior, Santa's workshop, night. Rising from a sea of doll parts and disembodied elves is a single wooden chair. Bound to it with hundreds of feet of ribbon is Santa. Lacerations crisscross his face. He is defeated. The bunny, a three-foot rabbit with a twinkling smile, sits across from the jolly fat man holding a pair of pliers. The pliers grip Santa's thumbnail. Jerk, scream, blood. Laughter fills the air as the bunny examines his newly plucked prize. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's the guy from Chicago. What do you mean? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Rising from a sea of doll parts and disembodied elves is a. St- I mean, like that alone is just yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to go home and read this to my children. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like it. I think that it's, it's wonderfully awful. What, what do you guys think? It's definitely dark and like, you know, it's it's a tough call. I think this is probably a comedy, like a dark comedy. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we know where it's going. It's the Easter Bunny torturing Santa Claus <laughs> is my guess, which is a, that's a really that's a funny idea. Um, but, I, you know, I can't decide. It's really well written, but I can't decide if the tone of it is right. You know, this is a tricky genre because, like, do you want to convey? It reads more like horror. Right. Um, which is probably appropriate but at the same time i want a little more humor in the shot description of something that's ultimately supposed to be a comedy i think he's going for a tarantino thing and i think that we'll you know there is a line here you're not allowed to to judge with it but i get a sense that it's gonna get yeah more comic yeah along the way what do you guys think it has a cool kind of reservoir dogs yeah 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 but uh, I, i always like the the, the juxtaposition of sort of like the evil thing next to the innocuous thing. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I, mean, I, I think this one's great. I really like it a lot. But I, I do agree. Uh, like, a, like maybe like a little dash of humor more. Might, uh, the, the only thing I would bounce on is he is defeated. Okay. That's a really passive sentence. And you can say. You can just you say know, defeated. Right. Right. Bound to it with hundreds of feet of ra- ribbon is a defeated Santa. You know, or I like the, but I think he's trying to punctuate that paragraph with just like the ultimate. This is this is, sums all up everything you're seeing is defeat. You know, you're right. You're but, right. But, but it doesn't have to be passive like that. It could just be the word defeated. Defeated. Lacerations crisscross his face. Defeated. Yeah. Yep. That would work. Okay. Good job, Scott. All right. Moving on to Bonnie Cahoon, and I know Bonnie. She lives in Los Angeles, um, and. She is very pretty and talented. Okay, so... <laughs> we found a winner. <laughs> are you trying to... What are you you're influencing the judges? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Do you have pictures? <laughs> <laughs> I can get them for you. Okay, go for it. Interior. I-O-U pawn shop. Night. Dingly, dingly, ding. The bell chimes as the door flies open. Ethan Hawkins quickly ducks inside, panting, dragging the duffel bag along. The obvious stress doesn't put a dent in his perfectly messed hair and six o'clock shadow, one hour sexier than five. (laughs) 
He peeks out the door, not followed. Sweet. Ethan bitch slaps his cool back in place and approaches the front counter. Mr. Manley, short, wide, comb over, born to pawn, stands stoically behind the counter. Ethan slides up to the display of crap hanging in front. He caresses a totally pimp Fender Strat. Okay, Bonnie, I think that this is so prettily written that it may actually be distracting. I think what you're going for with your story is this guy ducking inside, checking to see if he's not followed. Okay, that's good, right? And then he approaches the front counter and um, and caresses this Fender Strat, right? Mm-hmm. But everything around it as cool sounding as it is, is actually making the camera go to it, right? The the messed hair, and we're lingering on that six o'clock slash five o'clock shadow. And um, even when he bitch slaps his back in place, he's, he's, no, he's, he's cool. bitch slaps his cool. He bitch back slaps his cool. cool I'm back sorry. In place. See, I'm, I'm that's idiot. hard to cold read. Ethan yeah, I, really I slaps I his up cool that back in place and approaches. Yeah, it. it it, all of this doesn't need to be there. It is really moody, and a little of this will go a long, long way. Yeah, it just feels like it's, it's getting in the way of conveying the basic action of yeah. the scene, which is like the first priority is to be clear and concise, I think, about what you're actually seeing, what is actually taking place in the scene. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just the classic uh, too clever by half kind of thing where, like, especially that line, Ethan bitch slaps is cool back in play. It's just you kind of trip on it. You don't. You don't feel have to think about what you're writing. You want them to understand it as soon as they read it. And so it's just a little, a little over the top for what you need. Right. So, but the good thing is the mood, the tone, yeah. you know, just one of these things is going to set it. So I would definitely keep this kind of attitude, but yeah. just less of it. And also, I think grammar-wise, uh, people who've written bitch slap is usually one word. Yeah. I think so. But that's what kind of, I think, I stumbled over. Is it? Bitch yeah. slap. Do you write is that this a in Webster's? This <laughs> no, I would have read it that way, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I, I think I, I, I my eyes would have read it that way, and but I had to take a beat there and go, oh, bit, Ethan's bitch? Is that right. what she meant? Right. Or whatever? And then, oh, okay. It makes sense. Okay, so this next one and before is... I bitch slap all of you, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's one word. Maybe it's bitch dash slap. Who's <laughs> our Foley artist? I want could, like a bitch slap sound right now. It could right be now. hyphen too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Everybody just ow. went, ow, right, exactly. Okay, our next one. Um, you okay? You got, you got yes. it? All right. <laughs> Matt also, just I, bitch slapped so hard he fell off. I, I also want to say like the, the character name Ethan Hawkins is, is evocative in a weird way to me because I picture Ethan, Ethan yeah. Hawk and yeah. Stephen right. Hawking. Which <laughs> 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 is kind of confusing. Oh, no. Now I'm picturing that. <laughs> or maybe it's Ethan Hawk as Stephen Hawking. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, moving on. We're going to Scott Kaczynski. Hello, Scott. And Scott is from Brooklyn, New York. Go for it. Interior, cabin, living room, late morning. The front door flies open. I think it's Circe. Circe bound. Okay, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> I think Circe or Circe, let's, let's decide. Well, on Game of Thrones, there's a character named Circe, but I don't know if it's She is now way. Circe. Let's go for it. From the top. Interior, cabin, living room, late morning. The front door flies open. Circe bounds in, lugging a huge backpack and travel coffee mug. She's a fast talker, full of spitting and vinegar, already at mid-sentence before anyone turns to her. She slings down the backpack. Animated arms help tell the story as she struts into the kitchen. Hmm. Animated arms help tell the story. What, what does she mean by... 
what what does Scott mean by that? Animated like, arms help tell the story. She's as she's gesticulating. Starts. Ah, so so I guess what would follow is dialogue, right? Yeah, there's got to be say, dialogue after this. Yeah, if she's a fast talker. What is she saying? Yeah, that's so she, what's tricky about this is it, once you say she's already at mid sentence before anyone turns to her, you have to get right to the dialogue at that point because. If she's already at mid-sentence and we're not seeing what she's saying, it's kind of confusing. That's a really good point. So we'd have the dialogue, and then she could sling down the backpack yeah. and animated arms help tell the story. Sure. What do you get? What do you think? Um, generally agree. It's a little... If she's already in mid-sentence, it implies that she's talking to someone, but I guess there's no indication that anyone else is there. So I guess I would like to know who the audience That's is a good that point. she's uh, animating her arms for. Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense. So, Scott, we like it, but we sense that there's something missing and while we don't want you to include dialogue if there is dialogue to come it probably should have come a, a beat earlier than the scene direction yeah. well implies. we uh, we w- the rule is that we're not reading dialogue but that doesn't mean there should never be dialogue <laughs> no, and what he's writing right. there should be that's dialogue right. we eventually. only want you to do silent movies yeah. that's right <laughs> um this next one is from andrew crookshank wait wait did we do this one wait a minute that sounds familiar hold on did we no no we just have a lot of no. andrews that's the I deal. Like the name Crookshank is familiar, but maybe he could be a lot of Crookshanks. Yeah. <laughs> we have Andrew Crawford and we had Andrew Nelson. Okay. So this is Andrew Crookshank. And we had, yeah. All right. Thanks to all the Andrews who listened to On the Page. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go for it. You're reading oh, from Jensen. Oh, I'm Turnson. sorry. Here. Right. Jensen Turner. Okay. There we right go. There. Jensen turns her back but folds herself into his arms, looking out to sea. Langley pulls her close, then puts a hand over her face and breaks her neck. She sighs a long sigh that finishes as a gurgle. He carries her down the path and drops her body cleanly into the sea, which hungrily draws it away from the shore. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh. That's our turn. Did not expect a lot of that. <laughs> well, ah, yeah, I like it. It's, it's romantic and... Terrible it's the old switcheroo, yeah, 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 they, yeah. You think it's going to be a, you know, and yeah, I, was, I was getting ready to, um, you know, I thought this was going to be a love scene. Yeah, it's like yeah. East of, is it East of Eden with the the big uh, the love scene in the sand? No, it's from here to, from eternity. Here to eternity. Okay, that one, right? Screenwriting teacher. What the hell is East of Eden? <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Here to eternity. It has like that that feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Like you think that's where it's going to go, but I think that's why it's successful too. It's nice that we don't like know it, what's it, going on. It, but I almost felt like it needed a little more indication of the like it's so it's so straightforward in, in, in its description that it's almost like jarring. And maybe that's the point. That's the point. This isn't the this is here he says, this is part of a third act resolution. So we uh, should be yeah, at the place where you're not hinting around anymore. I love that yeah, it's yeah. like he just says that he puts a hand over her face and breaks her neck. How yeah. it's like woof. You know, action makes story, so yeah. that's a pretty good, pretty yeah. good piece of action. And also that long sigh, mm. so it's almost like she she's happy for a second. Long sigh, ah, gurgle. <laughs> <laughs> you are sick. Yeah. <laughs> Is what's happening. <laughs> You're deranged. 17 days locked in the studio. <laughs> we'll really uh, bring out your madness. Mike, what do you think about this one? As an actor... Like, no, would you I mean, like I, I was with you in, in the same way. I, I immediately thought of the same thing uh, from here to eternity. Yeah. That scene, they're on the sand, they're kissing, and then, uh, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, the language, I don't know, that's that's more your deal there. I mean, the description, I mean, I kind of saw it happening. 
He drops her body cleanly into the sea, cleanly. which hungrily draws it away from the shore. Come on, this is this is uh, somebody who's there. He's killing her, and yet you're sitting there going, "I'm strangely aroused." At the same time, and that's, <laughs> yeah. this, 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 you are. <laughs> this yeah. scene is this doing is what its I'm job. About. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think, Kelly? Your Honor? I rest my case. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's I it's generally fine. I, I I guess I'd like a little more context than I was having, but I think that's good because it means I was interested enough to care. Well, that's, what this is about. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we're reading a lot that are that seem to be the beginnings of scripts where you right. can kind of analyze it. But if you're reading something that's just it pulled out of a script, like we don't we can't accurately judge that. I mean, this, I mean, it is it's it's good writing, but like you know, whatever comes before it is is going to sort of prepare us in some way for this happening so it's it would read totally differently if you had read the entire script and then got to that point well i'm not you know i mean this is this is is the scene direction you should be able to pull out any piece of scene direction Mm -hmm. and it should accurately tell its story it does do that it does do that this tells its story now what the context of it is if the script is good or the story works we don't know but you know we didn't say send in a first page right no i know i'm just saying in a vacuum i find it to be almost too abrupt um but in a script where you're you know you're riveted to the action like maybe there's got to be some foreshadowing that you know there might be something going on in this relationship and so or i would hope there would be so then it's a little different when you're reading along and then this happens then it's like oh okay like you're you're invested you're following the characters but it, it, to me like not even knowing who Jensen is it's it's like I'm trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together which is good which you should be doing well, I would say from a word choice uh, point of view it goes body cleanly into the sea which hungrily draws away I always take out the L-Y words it just but I feel like it bogs down the sense. It would read cleaner as he drops her body into the sea, which draws it away from the shore. I agree. Yeah. Oh, you guys. That's are like so Hemingway. Petty. You know, you got to so be petty. really, really spare. Oh, jeez, Andrew, I'm I'm rooting for you. Okay, <laughs> uh, the next one is James Mason, and James is. Who? Uh, li- I, I can do it. I know. No, no, it's not <laughs> I really want to do it. Oh. <laughs> not that James Mason. He lives in Hollywood. Okay, let's go for it. Exterior forest day. Sun sneaks through the forest canopy in gentle streams. Dew drip, drip, drips the simple rhythm of the morning. A light breeze tickles a song from an unseen clutch of baby birds. The crash of waterfall splash awakens the day. A doe peeks curiously from behind a tree, dashes off. Okay. I think, I think James, that... Um I think any one of these lines yeah. is going to convey what he wants. It's it's poetic and poetic and poetic and poetic, and they're Pick all beautifully written, right? Exactly. But but we've got six of them, yeah. and yeah. We, there could be one or two. I like the simple rhythms of the morning, or the 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 dew drip. Uh, I don't know about the repetition, but I like the idea, the simple rhythm of the morning. That that works, yeah. Yeah, I think anyway. a light breeze tickles a song from an unseen clutch. That's a classic <laughs> example, like just trying to do too much. An unseen clutch know. of baby birds, right? Like it said, might get is, too Disney right yeah, this there. Is, this is not your novel, you know? Yeah. Like, just you're just trying to convey sort of a feeling. You need to do that quickly and not prove that you're like sort of this great uh, undiscovered novelist. <laughs> I, I would go from, if it's a forest, I'd go from the sun sneaking through the forest canopy and gentle streams to the doe peeking curiously from yeah. behind a tree yeah. and then dashes off because there's some there's some activity to that. And then Jensen twists the neck <laughs> of the doe. <laughs> That's right, baby. No! It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> or 
was Jensen the victim. And Simple Rhythm of the Morning was a hit by the Grouting Groove. So. <laughs> I think it was a it was a Karen Carpenter song. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zach Valenti, Zach Valenti, um, and he says he's loving the show. So we love you, Zach. Uh, go for it. Zach Valenti is an awesome name too. Zach Valenti is. Awesome. It's, 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 it's a like name. a character. He's got to be a designer or a, just a you know a cool dude. Zach. Yeah. Zach Valenti. What's your name? Zach. Zach Valenti. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Interior: Jack's bedroom, houseboat, marina. An alien landscape of velvety black dunes gently rises and falls. The rhythmic movement is accompanied by a whisper of breath. Knock, knock, knock. Jack sits up, disoriented. Her hair matted from the pillow. She clutches the sheet to her otherwise bare chest, peering blindly through the window. Outside, a figure leans near the plexiglass, his Cheshire cat smile glinting out of the darkness. Well, you guys like it because of the bare chest. I know oh, that. Yeah, I you say. people, you. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, an alien landscape of velvety black dunes gently rises and falls. Um... Does that mean the sheets? Is that a metaphor, or is that liter- Are we literally an in- alien, or will in an alien world? But it's houseboat <laughs> marina. So I, that's yeah, yeah, it's a little unclear. But I guess the script overall would clarify that. I, I think this is the beginning of it, and I think this is one of those things where it's 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 again pretty to a fault. It, mm-hmm. It's. It's giving us too many metaphors, perhaps. It's just, yeah, it's just overwritten. I mean, like the whisper of a breath. You know, it's a, it's a classic thing of like just trying to kind of like tell. And they kind of mistaken the screenplay for a novel almost. And even then, within a novel, it would still be like, whis- what's a whisper of a breath? You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I know. But. <laughs> I'm kidding. But and you, I know, agree you know what that. would work? Get rid of that first line here. An alien landscape of velvety black dunes gently rises and falls. Get rid of the rhythmic movement is accompanied by whisper of breath. Now, the very first thing on this is knock, knock, knock. Okay, so if you had interior Jax's bedroom, houseboat marina, and then knock, knock, knock. Jax sits up, disoriented, her hair matted from the pillow. She clutches the sheet to her otherwise bare chest, peering blindly through the window. Outside, a figure leans near the plexiglass, his Cheshire cat smile glinting out of the darkness. That's a good scene. Yeah, it's way better. Right there. It's really good. Yeah. So just, just think about the fact yeah. that the first paragraph could be replaced with Jack's sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> but I, she, we don't even need it. Knock, I know knock, you don't need like, it, but I'm just saying that's us. that's all that all of those words are really conveying. That's what, that's and she, true. you don't even like like you said is it's a pretty simple like don't overcomplicate a uh, simple direction. So the next one is uh, from a, a guy named Salvatore from Chicago. He oh, calls himself Sal. a Chicago boy. Is this the last one? Uh, I think it is. A miracle. I, wait, do you <laughs> and, um, I'll be home soon, hon. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to judge these things. Oh, my God. Don't count your chickens. I got my winner. <laughs> Whatever's on top. <laughs> Sal, Sal, you win. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, no. You get an Italian beef for <laughs> oh, oh, nice. <laughs> okay, go for it, Mike. Interior. Liz and Danny. Morning. Day one. Okay, now. Above, out on bed. Um, let me do that again. Okay. <laughs> Am I wrong here to think? I don't know what I, that means either. Okay, thank you. Interior. Liz and Danny. Morning. Day one. Above, out on bed. Danny and Liz Trigoni sleep. Their bodies wrapped in morning light, illuminated white linen. Morning light, illuminated white linen. <laughs> Close on alarm clock. 5.59 a.m. quickly becomes 6 a.m. Bip, bip, bip. 
A beautiful French manicured hand hits the snooze button. Back out above bed. Couple beats. A morning sigh escapes the blankets. Liz yanks herself up to the edge of their bed. Her sleepy head sags. Besides her husband's white tank top that she decided to sleep in last night, all that can be seen is her beautiful bone structure peeking through her thick mane of messed bed brown hair and the sunlight barely forcing its way through the bedroom window curtain. She pulls a loose tank top strap off her arm, back onto her shoulder, and apprehensively rises, forcing herself to start her day. Just for the record, women don't wake up like this. <laughs> women wish they wake up like this, but no. It's just, you know, she scrapes the muck off her teeth. Um, uh, and so, I apologize. The, the, the punctuations are really weird in this, and, and that's what I was kind of like. Well, I also, I think it's interesting that the, the things that you tripped on were actually uh, camera direction. And, and this yeah. is why we, we're always encouraging you to get the camera direction out of it. Above, out on bed. Back out above bed. Basically, um, what you're doing, Salvatore, is giving us the shot instead of just telling us what happens. Because that shot will follow. Okay? Um, I, I think that you could hear that it was a little overwritten probably when, when the scene direction was read. Uh, it's probably by this point in the podcast, you know that you know, a, less is more, and in this case, we got a lot of more. So what, what do you guys think? Yeah, it, there's a lot going on here. Like, I don't, like above, out, first of all, the, the camera descriptions, that's like really a mark of an amateur, so you don't want to do that. And above, out on bed, I'm not even sure what that means. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, we keep saying... Don't do camera direction. But then, you know, writers, they go and they look at produced scripts and all the time there's still all this camera direction. So then they say, well, why do they get to do it and we don't get to do it? You know, occasionally if it's absolutely necessary for sake of clarity, Mm -hmm. you can do that. But I mean, if you just say they're in the bed, like this seems like it's trying to direct it from the page, Mm -hmm. which is a mistake. Just say they're in the bed and like, well, the director will figure out how to shoot them in the bed, you know? Yeah, I think maybe sometimes published scripts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I when I was a shooting draft, maybe. Yeah, and and I remember like in high school, like getting Spike Lee would put out books of you know like sometimes they were about his experience of making a movie, but they would include script pages and like that's a director writing for his for himself because he knows he's directing it. And I think it, sometimes a writer director has a different approach and. You know, and that's, even, that's even fine, then, but. even then, it's it helps because helps not to have it because it's got to translate to mm-hmm. uh, people who are going to give you money and right. you know people on production and actors yeah. and sort of the the leaner and cleaner it is, and the less distracted we are by the right. shot, the 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 better the the page actually is. Yeah, you're, I mean, it's it's a tough like I remember having that feeling where like I, I want to just I want to convey to the reader what the movie looks like that's in my head, but. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is make the words disappear and, and have the story come through. You know what I mean? And, and so the, all the formatting stuff that I think is sometimes hard for people to, to learn because it's a little different than just writing, the kind of writing you do when you, you're in school. It's, you know, there's slug lines and all that other stuff, but you just, you want that kind of stuff to just disappear and, and just like let, let people, let the, the characters and, 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 and the stuff that's important come through. It doesn't matter. The format doesn't matter, really. So what we're going to do now, because I think that was our last one, right, Mm -hmm. is we're going to take a break and we're going to review the stuff from two weeks ago, too, so that it's nice and fresh. Oh, boy. Right? (laughs) Right? I fed you. Now do your homework. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to turn the mics back on and decide who is the winner of something. (laughs) Go for it. Yay. Okay. Should we just go for it? Yeah. 
Okay. I still don't really know how we're determining because I don't think we're all going to have the same number one. But go ahead. Well, we'll see. Sometimes people get, you know, they get You're going to try to strong arm me? We, we talk something up a lot. In the, in the fast one, and one, then now we're forget it. yeah. So I they're kinda, gonna be listening, going, "Wait a minute!" They said they loved that one. Everyone loved it, right? Well, but you, I've got you guys here. both picked that. You both set aside the ones you liked from last time. Yes, yeah. and we all basically agreed which were good or bad. So right. I think okay. we've accounted for that. Okay, and if you did nothing of the sort, <laughs> okay. well, you were you were working. Okay, yeah. You're yeah, actually yeah, yeah. doing not, something. Uh, you guys are the experts here. <laughs> okay. Um, so should we do it? Okay. okay, we are back, and uh, we have taken a break, and we've looked through the entries from the last episode and from this episode. And I would just like to say, for the record, I was not that much of an extrovert in camp at all. Okay. At all. Sure. You, you ran the joint. No, I, I didn't. You I, brought I, a big banner I, of I your face. <laughs> that I did, but really, on the page, is all about me still trying to be the most popular girl. Well, and don't it's just try never... to salvage your nerd no. cred now. <laughs> she got the shoes there a week. We are now Camp Pilar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we found a couple, and uh, and I don't know how, how we should start. Okay, you know what? Since I have the most here, I'm going to say which ones I liked. Okay. And then let's see which and ones you guys agree with. And we'll with. shout out if we agree, if, we're, if we have any overlap, right? Okay, so, so one that I picked was... Aaron Nodens. Yes. And would you mind reading it a- oh, okay. again? This is Mike? in my this is in my top four also. Oh good. I have top four. I don't know what you have. I have I have top fifty. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. Go for it. Interior, motel bathroom, day. Time crawls by. Dunaway, forties, lethargic, drags on a cigarette like it's oxygen. Sweat stains his Hawaiian shirt. He mimes into the mirror, swaying like an old crooner. He smiles, pretending to greet imagined passers-by, tipping his conspicuous Panama hat. Too casual. In a second, he draws a gun. He raises an eyebrow. James Bond, pleased with himself. He points with the gun when, bang, it goes off. The mirror shatters. Dunaway lets out a high scream, hopping backwards and dropping his firearm. Yeah, those are my top four, too. That was in yep. your top four, yeah, too? Yeah, we all had that one. Okay, Aaron, we all like this one. Another one that I had was uh, Chris Westfeld from last time, or Chris Westfield, I'm sorry. Okay, go for it. Interior, counselor's office, high school, continuous. Courtney scans the room, empty chair, scattered textbooks, the open window. A disturbing realization hits her. Exterior, Putnam City High School, continuous. A three-story drop, broken below lies Joni, Motionless, arms, legs, and neck twisted in almost inhuman directions. Scarlet red blood pooling underneath, contrasting with the white stone steps, her lifeless eyes skyward. Courtney staring down from the window, completely rattled by the sight, mouth agape, grief stricken. Okay. All right. The reason I like that so much, well, I must have a thing about dead girls, yeah. is, uh, I don't know, I just, I like the, the story that it told, the realization, realization to looking out the windows to seeing the actual body. But you guys didn't have it? I, I, I do like it. It's not in my top four, but uh, I guess I think my thing was it was a little overwritten, a little too poetic. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Chris, I was rooting, but it's it's... These guys, you know, they're Sorry. bad people. They're really was, bad people. That was a good one. I just uh, didn't quite break into my top four. Okay, another one that I had was, uh, well, of course, the Andrew Cruikshank one about the dead girl in the ocean. That's, yeah. I love it. 
Come on, people. Nobody? Nobody? It, it, it was fine. Just not in my top four. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Bit, yeah. Oh, my God. And then Scott King um, <laughs> with the Santa's Workshop one. No? Yes. No? I had that one. You had that one? Yeah. All right. That goes in I there. do not have that one. Oh, I, okay. I'm putting it in the okay. in the maybe pile, Scott right. King, and your funny Santa's thing that Matt is just not in the mood for. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then uh, uh, the last one I had was um, Joe Scott with a very simple Amanda walks past rows of sparkling midlife crisis machines with her best friend Kim. Late 20s with a mischievous face. She's the sweetest girl who ever punched you. Oh, I'm sorry. Just oh, are you reading job. these now? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Wow. You're out I'm of a sorry. job, buddy. Yeah, I'm okay. so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That was, that's in my pile, too. That's, that's also in my pile. Oh, yeah, boy. Okay. okay so we, we have two consensus. Uh, but that's all of yours, so don't, no more consensus. I, t- any, any that in I addition didn't to those say? two, I have. Um, I guess these are both from. La- oh no, no, that one's from this time. From last time, um, Nadia Bacon. Here Nadia you go. Bacon. Cassandra Black, early thirties, sits Indian style on top of a marble bathroom counter. She smokes a long, thin clove cigarette and wears a red silk turban. Her look is reminiscent of a 1930s Hollywood starlet, and she speaks with an ambiguous European accent that would make Madonna cringe. I know you... Oh, also in my top four. Oh, okay. Was it? Nice. Okay. I remember okay. Pilar took issue with the the um, reminiscent of a 1930s Hollywood no, starlet. No, no, that part I like. I mean, I guess what, what I didn't like was this. She is this. She is dressed like that. Yeah. It felt a little like I could see the character, and I thought some of the descriptions were kind of cool, but I felt like the wording could have been a little I, it could have flowed a little bit better for me okay but uh, you guys both had it in your we top both two. have it and and we know what we're talking about here okay. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, no i just i just think that to me the like the line about madonna is, is so great yeah that, yeah, that like, is good, but that well. would have said it all you know if you I had agree. if you had like one line and then that look you know there the the one with the um you know sorry where did it Fans go workshop uh, no, the sparkling midlife crisis machines isn't perfect. Like we we sort of nitpicked the punctuation or, or the addition of uh, with late twenties with a mischievous face. face. Yeah, but that to me that doesn't detract from the overall good writing of it. Like I, I, I can forgive little things if something else is I've really. I've never really... known you to forgive little things. I'm L- curious. Big, big <laughs> things, big things being great. Forgive little things being a little off because you can fix those things. Okay, you know, All but right. like some of these lines, you know, you're not going to find the midlife crisis machine every day yeah okay um and then my other one uh that we haven't covered yet was uh from uh keith storier interior museum basement day a vast vaulted room with oh we do we read this one yes, earlier yeah we read, we read it today i don't yeah. know if we have to reread it you uh, have to reread yeah okay and it's kind of a long one but i, that I was thought the this one, was the english montague one. uh yes Rose the tabby leather journal and um the art gallery in the junk shop had a fight in a church and that's that's awesome. Okay, and and you didn't have that on no, yours. I, I did like that one, but it wasn't quite in my. Uh, it didn't intrigue me quite as much as some of the others. I, I liked it too, but I felt like it might have been play on words one too many. Mm-hmm. It felt like I, I I wanted it to be a little bit leaner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, so what about you? Were there any that that Alex that? Uh, no, weren't? I think I think we covered all all four of mine. I had the uh, the midlife crisis machine, the European accent that make Madonna cringe. Uh, the Easter Bunny torturing Santa and uh, the man dropping the gun. Okay, so the ones that the and, and, and did, what did anybody you, Mike? did anybody yeah. pick uh, Andy Crawford's uh, the Western? I was read that. That was one. like the first one, right? That from, was the first from one. the first episode. Yeah, will you read it? Sure. It was a long time ago. Let's hear it. <laughs> Exterior, night, Western town, street. 
Late 1800s western town. Sounds of a crowded saloon fill the air. The saloon door flaps fly apart as a man is thrown into the street. He tries to flee, slips in the mud. A man follows, taking his time. He is a young man, lean, handsome, weather-beaten, and scowling. He kicks the fleeing man in the gut, sending him to the muddy ground. Again he kicks, this time to the face. Blood flies. That is a good one. I like that it's, one. It's yeah. active. It's Stuff good. is happening. It's not yeah, just yeah. a description. It's a little, maybe slightly overwritten, and like the scene itself has been. We've seen it a lot, but it is. It's. It's really. I think well executed. I, I think that's it. It's. Uh, it's w- well written, but I have seen it, and I think the reason I picked mine, uh, especially the Santa's workshop and the uh, the gun droppings, I, I really wanted to know what was going to happen next. So it mm-hmm. felt fresh. Yeah. Okay. What are the ones that that the we the two that all. Three of us agreed on were Joe Scott, the uh, midlife person machines. Okay. And Aaron Noden, that is the that's Dunaway, who uh, whose whose gun goes off. Okay. All right. So the sweat stains and the Panama hat and the bang, James, James the, Bond please with himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have it down to three. Do I do yeah. I need to reread the three? It actually is the two. Two sort of like a lightweight, heavyweight thing. Because one's like one really sharp, well written line. The other one's a little more of a narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it is a sharp, well written line. It, the thing, Joe, that thing with the the Kim late twenties you know with the mischievous slap some is, pa- parentheses on that, and you're good to go. Okay, Amanda <laughs> walks past Rose with sparkling midlife crisis machines with her best friend Kim. Late parentheses, 20s. late twenties with a mischievous face. Close parentheses. She's the sweetest girl who ever punched you. But which one is it? Is it Amanda who's the sweetest girl, or is it Kim that's, that's who's the sweetest point. girl? It's Amanda. <laughs> I, I don't know. See, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Kim. Okay, that's a problem. Damn it, I <laughs> Joe! Know, I know, Joe, because we, we really, really like it. I also like how how uh, succinct it is. Like uh, that that was kind of like in in the balance. I felt like they're both really good, but I like the economy of that one, and um, I wanted to give it up for economy. <sighs> but yeah. I hear what you're saying. There's definitely uh, some. Um, some ambiguity there and nobody and not nobody the dead girl the, the snapping of the neck and the uh, water you know pulling what, it away the, the nothing, nothing. Your, the white tile yeah. <laughs> oh, no that's the other one uh, <laughs> take your weird psychosexual <laughs> fantasies back to the dungeon <laughs> <laughs> and by the way Pilar's face is the sweetest face that ever punched you thank yes. you Mike. Yeah. Just remember the And she will part. punch you. Yeah. She will. She'll punch you. Oh, she'll punch you. <laughs> and then she'll bring the cat o' nine tails out. <laughs> okay. It sounds like Aaron Noden wins because we all have it. Nobody yeah. has any problem with it. Yeah. And Aaron Noden, um, I think which it's one? A, which it's one was Aaron's again? Just so we. One more time. Oh, okay. Aaron, this is the winning action line scene description. Go for it. Interior, motel, bathroom, day. Time crawls by. Dunaway, 40s, lethargic, drags on a cigarette like it's oxygen. Sweat stains his Hawaiian shirt. He mimes into the mirror, swaying like an old crooner. He smiles, pretending to greet imagined passers-by, tipping his conspicuous Panama hat. Too casual. In a second, he draws a gun. He raises an eyebrow. James Bond, pleased with himself. He points with the gun. When? Bang! It goes off. The mirror shatters. Dunaway lets out a high scream, hopping backwards and dropping his firearm. Okay. That's All our right. winner? 
Let's just All say. Right. <laughs> what? No, I just like read that. His time. legs out from under. No, no, no. That's a, oh, that sounded really bad. No, sorry, Aaron. That's great. I like that one. Okay. That's our winner. <laughs> what? That's our winner. Mm-hmm. All the time we've been trapped in this room. <laughs> no. no, it's it's good. Congratulations, Aaron. This is what you've won. Well, let, um, let, let me, what, can we just say real quick? Because like, I feel like some people are going to hear this and be like, what the hell? I wrote this long one and I said it was overwritten. Why yeah. is why you it? But here's the thing. There is action in every line almost here. There, it's not just – he's he's weaving description and action really well. Like and the, I think the that's The story key. is constantly moving forward. Yes, yes. The, each, each paragraph here – this is four paragraphs. You can't see it, but it's four paragraphs. And there's something happening every single paragraph. So it's not – you're getting description along with something – uh, that moves it forward, and it's like, if you picture it, it is it's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it has that. I think we said on the last uh, episode, it kind of deflates the drama, if you want to call it that, of this situation with this the humor of the gun going off and him sort of, you know, getting scared. Like, it tells a story. Yeah. You're looking for for something that not only describes but creates a moment and yeah. and creates the right tone. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, congratulations. You have won. Oh, I'm going to say this. <laughs> you have won a free feature script consultation. So, um, and wow. yeah, yeah, the, 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 and he's in the UK. I know. Uh, you, the, yeah, you're going to pay a long distance phone call. Yeah. Uh, no, he's going to pay a long Pilar distance phone call okay. or Skype. And uh, Aaron, the only tricky part is the scheduling because um, I don't talk about my actual consultation very much on the show because we're scheduled usually six months out. But yeah. we'll get you in earlier than November or December, or whatever six months is now, and um, uh, just get in touch with me, um, Pilar at onthepage.tv, and uh, and we will set something up. I would like to award honorable mentions to both Joe Scott, because Matt loved that so much, with the car show, and the midlife crisis machine, and Sweetest Girl Who Ever Punched You. I gotta be honest, like, that's the one that I, that... Of all the ones we read, I feel like that one makes me want to read the script the most of all of everyone. And I feel like there's you can kind of get some credit for that too. And Joe Scott, what you have won is um, an on the page toolkit, and what it is? No, don't joke about that. What that is? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Why are you looking at me? Is uh, the DVD, which is the on the page D- instructional DVD, the book, the coffee break screenwriter, and a five page um, edit of your first five pages by me, and also. Also, another honorable mention, because both Alex and I had it, is Scott King's Santa Workshop uh, scene. And I'm just going to read it because I marked all over it, Mike, (laughs) which is, Rising from a sea of doll parts and disembodied elves is a single wooden chair. Bound to it with hundreds of feet of ribbon is Santa. Lacerations crisscross his face. He is defeated. The bunny, a three-foot rabbit with a twinkling smile, sits across from the jolly fat man holding a pair of pliers. The pliers grip Santa's thumbnail. Jerk, scream, blood. Laughter fills the air as the bunny examines his newly plucked prize. I like that one yeah, a lot. I want to know what happens next. <laughs> a lot. So Scott King, you get an honorable mention too and you also get the on the page toolkit. I want to thank everybody, everybody who submitted to this. I and shout out to Nadia because we, we uh, Alex and I both had Nadia. Oh, that's yes. true. Apparently, Should that's we... not worth as much okay. as you and one of I'm us. Sorry. Had. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And <laughs> Nadia gets so we have three honorable mentions. Thank you. Okay, so I'm sorry, Nadia. Look, I gave I gave one to your guy just because you liked it so much. We didn't even Joe Scott right what? there. I, I had, See, well, we all had Joe Scott. Yeah. Oh, was it? 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, was, so Joe's got to. He was consensus pick. And Nadia, B- okay, all right. And I was with you on the one on, on the beach. Were you? I like that one. Really? Yeah. If this was a show with just me and Mike, he would have <laughs> You guys are both sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Joe, Scott, Scott King, Nadia Bacon, honorable mentions, and thank you very much to Aaron uh, Noden for, you, you're the grand prize winner. Everybody, thank you for contributing. We were actually, think we were talking about this during break, that the, everybody was really good. Yeah. And that was the problem. The mm-hmm. it's it's not like, oh god, we just sit there and go, No, yes. It was like everything. Yeah, we were nitpicking really... these things because generally they were they were good. Yeah. They were. Yeah. It's it's kind of scary how talented people are out there. Um so thank you very much for doing this and we'll do it again as soon as we get a little rest, maybe in a year <laughs> or so. Um <laughs> Anything you guys want to promote? Um, can you tell everybody about your travel podcast yeah, again, Mike? TravelTalesPodcast.com, of which you were a guest. That's right. That was great. We're we recorded it Vietnam. in Vietnam. It was fun. That's right. And uh, yeah, TravelTalesPodcast.com. They can go there, and it's on iTunes, too. They can find it. Excellent. And Matt? Never Not Funny is at Pardcast.com. Uh, season 11 is starting now. Um, I guess by the time this goes up, you'll hear... The Graham Elwood episode, um, but we got a lot of great episodes on the on the site. Go check it out. And Graham was was a comedy film nerd guy who was just on the podcast yeah. too, so yeah. you can get more of Graham. Just being Graham. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and uh, and Alex, anything that you want to... Pretty much just hanging out. Okay. Hey. Not, not a lot going on. Alex no more trips to Oakland? <laughs> no, not for a while. But oh. if you want to go to Oakland with Alex, yeah, just get in touch with him. Yeah. And <laughs> thanks, guys, for being here. Uh, if you do it again, I promise you more Mexican food. Mm. Okay? Yay. All right. And everybody out there, have a good writing week. 